here we are, Vega. Beautiful, beautiful Hurston. So nice to be here. I know. And we're going to go up the hill here and uh, go outside or go up on the hill and just take a look at the the big lake or ocean or whatever this is supposed to be. Um, but uh, guys, thank you for coming back to this very special episode where me and Vega are celebrating our 12-year anniversary. 12 years, Vega. Can you That's believe? Crazy. I know. I can't even believe it's been that long. I know. Me neither. I mean, at the most, maybe three years. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Three years. Three awesome, wonderful years. Yes, I agree. I mean, been up and down. I won't lie. Right? Of course. Yeah. But um, I, I would rather it be up and down you know, uh, spending that, those ups and downs with you, uh, versus anybody else. Come on, let's go over this way. I think the water is up over top of this hill over here. Okay. And so with that, I would like to, you know, celebrate our 12th anniversary with you guys and, uh, share some, some exciting memories that me and Vega have had in the verse. And we have had some really crazy memories, haven't we? Yes, we have. And it's such a wonderful thing that I have found such an ambitious <laughs> uh, game such as Star Citizen. And not only that, but Vega has joined me in these, in these adventures. And how cool is it to have her by my side and, and all these misadventures and all this stuff. Uh, and I'm, I'm so grateful. And I, I just want to thank you, Vega, for joining me in Star Citizen. Oh, you don't have to thank me. I'm glad to join. And I would also like to thank all the Cobros who helped Vega get a PC. There were a lot of donations uh, a while back um, helping her get to that point. And, uh, um, well, I would just like to uh, share some of these memories that are in part uh, thankful uh, to her for uh, joining me. <laughs> and the other uh, to the Cobros who helped her get the PC and able to join me. Look at the size of these cactuses. Or these cacti. I'm over here, girl. Behind you. <laughs> Look at the cacti and then come towards the cacti. We're going to be showing mon uh, like like clips and memories. Come on the other side of the cacti. We're going to go over here. The water's over here. I'm walking uh, now. Okay. I'm now walking. Look at this. <laughs> These are big trees. They really are. And we're going to show some clips of some memories that I've had with Vega. And uh, just kind of reminisce. Come up, Come in front of me. Okay. There you go. This is nice. Yeah. Look at this water. It's beautiful. How cool is it that we left Everest, a space station, cold and industrial and clean. And we've come down here to this alien planet with all this wildlife. It's amazing. Thank <laughs> you.
Greetings, 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 and welcome back to the Soul Citizens, where we are going to have a very interesting conversation today. I hope you enjoyed that video we opened up with. Unfortunately, my credits didn't come up, so I want to give credit to who credit is due. That was Cobra and his wife, Vega. They have a video, which I will put in the link in the uh, chat just a moment, called uh, them celebrating their 12 years being married, and they decided to celebrate it in Star Citizen and talk about something that was going on in real life for them, but at the same time, share it in the world of Star Citizen, in the verse. And so uh, hopefully that kind of gives you a kickoff to the direction of where we're looking to go with the show today. But before we get into that, uh, I want to welcome our guests. We have some special guests here today. I'm going to start out with our in-house folks first, starting on my far right and to your left, the man himself, Dark Knight 75. What's up, my brother? How are you? What's up, y'all? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. And uh, getting used to this cold weather we've had up here in Chicago yeah, lately. Yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. It's supposed to get warm this week, so hopefully it's going to change I'm soon. You guys. It got here way too quick. It really did. Gladestone, Gladestone, thank you so much for that sub, buddy. We yes. appreciate you as thank always. You. Thanks for the subscription. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But uh, you know what? It'll be mm -hmm. all nice and warm and cozy here with this group of people we got here tonight. Yeah, we got, we got a good group. We got a good yes. group. Uh, next, we're going to go to jade star watcher i said it right this time right jade <laughs> did i say yes, it right you did. yeah <laughs> okay. hello everybody i've been wearing your name out the wrong way the last couple times so I that's okay make sure you, I you, you even right. got it spelled exactly how it is good. in the game good. So, yeah. i tried i tried i tried i tried i tried thank it's, you it's good to have you here jade thank you who is that mount stunner for the 100 bits thank you we appreciate that mount stunner we truly appreciate that and uh, let's jump to the top of the screen. We have two special guests. Both have been here before. Uh, first, I'm going to start out with uh, Lady Raincloud. Raincloud, welcome. Oh, welcome back. Hey, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, really looking forward to to this show, to this conversation. Lots of lots of stuff. Very, very close. Very close. Very cool. Thanks for thanks for being here with us today. And last but not least, a familiar face in the community, uh, the man from down south, from Florida. Joe Run, what's up, buddy? Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's been too long. I love you guys. And this is a subject near and dear to my heart, having been a Second Lifer since 2007. Yeah, boy, we've got a lot of Second Life veterans in the room today. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Let me ask the panel this very opening question. Did you uh, notice that I think um, Vegas said, or, or it was, I don't know if it was Vega or whether it was Cobra, who talked about coming down to this beautiful planet and they were referring to Hurston. Did any of you all kind of flinch with that? When he's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of I was like, he found the few spot on Hurston where there's not pollution, right. uh, where it's clear and there's clear water. <laughs> Yeah, there, yeah, you know, like the 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 savanna type area that you can find, mm -hmm. you know, is is actually kind of pretty. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. If you didn't know yeah. better, right? If you didn't know better, yeah. you wouldn't know it was Hurston, right? But mm -hmm. I, I just thought it was kind of funny. I said, boy, oh boy, don't go much further past where you are. You'll see some girders and steel and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, but it was a very cool opening. I thought it was a, a different kind of thing. And uh, again, we want to give credit to uh, Cobra TV. Uh, that put out that video. It's a it's a very interesting video because they go through mm -hmm. the history of their gameplay in Star Citizen, but they do it out in this kind of memory reflections kind of scenario, which is pretty neat. I actually found Cobra when he was just getting started into Star Citizen mm -hmm. about a month after he had just gotten started and followed him all the way through to this episode, which is just awesome yeah. to see that development. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, 
love love him and Vega. They're yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. They're very cool people. Absolutely. Listen, we want to tell you all in the chat, if, if you have questions <laughs> about what we talk about tonight, because we're going to be talking about several different topics in relation to Second Life. If you have any questions, there is a little ellipse or a little solar lunar eclipse underneath the chat box. You can click on that. You can put your questions in uh, and we will have them on our question list. And it'll be a lot easier than us having to watch the chat. So please use that, utilize it, put in your questions if you have anything about what we talk about tonight, because at the end of the show, we will have some time for Q&A. Um, let's kick it off and start out. We're gonna kind of do a little education as we work toward this thing of Second Life. We don't know how many people in chat are familiar with it or not, uh, but we're gonna talk about some elements that kind of bring us into this place of what Second Life is. Uh, and to my panel, the first thing we're going to address is role-playing games and what is uh, an RPG. And I think, DK, you've got the first read on that. So just so everybody's on the same piece of... Oh, who's that? Thrakazox, thank you for the gifted sub that went to Joe Run. Thank Joe you. Run, you picked up the gifted sub. Holy smoke. Ooh, that is thanks. awesome. Thrakazox, appreciate that. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much. Good. Now he'll come visit us every week since you gave him that sub, which will be awesome. Oh, <laughs> shipwreck, you very much. shipwreck, shipwreck. Thank you, thank you for that sub as well. We appreciate that. Um, hey, thanks for the subscription. Let's go to uh, DK. DK, why don't you go ahead and give yes. us this. This, this, this is going to be our universal definition, even though there's some other definitions, but we're going to go with this one for tonight. Could you read that for yes. us? All right. Sorry for my scrambling there, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. A role-playing game. RPG is a game in which players assume the roles of characters in a fictional setting. Players take responsibility for acting out these roles within a narrative, either through literal acting or through a process of structured, thank you, Will C, uh, C, um, uh, process of structured decision-making regarding character development. Actions taken within minigames succeed or fail according to a formal system of rules and guidelines. Massively multiplayer online role-playing uh, role games, MMORPGs, combine the large-scale social interaction and persistent world of MUDs with graphic interfaces. Most MMORPGs do not actively promote in-character role-playing. However, players can use the game's communication functions to role-play so long as other players cooperate. Mm. The majority of players in MMORPGs do not engage in role-playing in this sense. Mm, most of them do not engage. Mm -hmm. Interesting yep. point to make. Thank you. Thank you, Just Durgan. Thank yes. you for that. We thank you for that thank follow. You. And thanks I want to thank follow. Will SC. Thank you for that subscription. We appreciate hey, that. You guys are kicking us off with a great hype train, which is yes. awesome because we're coming up on IAE and we want to give away one of the new ships. So any of your monies that you guys bring in for subscriptions or whatever you send in is always used to turn right back around to the community. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, let me start off with, uh, let's start with our guest today. Let's start out with Joe Run, uh, since you were the last person I introduced. Joe Run, what, what introduced you to RPGs, role-playing games? Was it the old board, tabletop stuff? What got you into it? You know, I I was kind of interested in Dungeons and Dragons like back in the in the mid '80s mm -hmm. or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. Starlet, thanks for all those gifted subs. Wow! Um, oh my God, Starlet, thank you, thank you. MT Stunner, thank you for the thousand bits. And and Starlet, thank woo. you, thank you for the subs. Whammer says thank hey, you. Thanks for the subscription. Y'all give some love to Starlet. Those of you who got that, that's awesome. Go ahead, Joe. Starlet's another Second Life. I, 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 I got her into Second Life actually <laughs> recently, and she's jumped in with both feet. She, she loves, loves Second Life. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I played a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons in the eighties. I, I didn't maintain that throughout my life as, as a lot of people in the community have. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I played uh, my first online role playing game 
I guess would be Pool of Radiance. Mm. If you remember the old gold, mm -hmm. the, the old gold box SSI mm -hmm. um, uh, games, Pool of Radiance, and then some of the other ones that came after that, and then Neverwinter Nights, the original ones before yeah. they became on, online. Uh, I never played any online multiplayer role-playing games. Okay. Uh, I, I ended up kind of getting out of it mm -hmm. um, after like the early 90s. Um, and, um, uh, I didn't really get back into gaming until probably Second Life really, really brought me back in into in early 2007. So, um, so D and D was the introduction for you, basically. For role yeah, play. For role I, play? yeah I, I, I guess that would be accurate. Okay. Um, okay. Because I, I I was I was big into science fiction. Mm -hmm. uh, I started science fiction real early. My my parents had like boxes and boxes of old 1950s sci-fi mm -hmm. books, mm -hmm. and I started on those when I was probably like 10 or 11. Okay. Uh, Robert Heinlein's Have Space Have Spacesuit Will Travel and and Isaac Asimov's Three Robots and and that sort of thing. And so I was into science fiction and then fantasy and then Dungeons and Dragons came out and mm -hmm. um, and Star Wars and I, I was always into escape I guess escapism mm -hmm. sparks your imagination and, sounds like to me yeah mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of the root of role-playing games is is an escapism okay cool thanks rain how about you what got you into RPG role-playing games um probably about the same thing I um got into uh, World of Darkness, actually, with some friends. God, uh, when I was 14, 15, mm -hmm. um, did um, mm. some Mind's Eye Theater live-action role-play mm -hmm. and got into Dungeons & Dragons. Hey, and subscription. Mm -hmm. Excuse me one yeah. second. Thank you, MC mm -hmm. Stunner, for the five subs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, like, I... Uh, my uh i grew up on like super nintendo and Sega genesis and like grew up playing uh jrpgs mm -hmm. uh like breath of fire and uh like you know uh super mario mm -hmm. rpg legend of the seven stars was one of my favorites and then on the Sega genesis the uh, shining force games okay. uh, were really important to me and then you know super old school stuff like sweet coden and mm -hmm. and things like that and uh my dad rest him mm -hmm. um for my 16th birthday, bought me a PlayStation 1 with <laughs> Wing Commander 3, <laughs> Final Fantasy 7, <laughs> and then another a game called Warzone 2100, which was an RTS game. Okay, okay. And that sort of, you know, it I went from the there fire, and huh? then got an MMORPGs with EVE Online and Final Fantasy 11, okay. and then Second Life. Okay, that sparked the fire, okay. Uh, Jade, how about you? What got you into RPG? Because you mentioned you heard your exposure has been a little bit different with MMORPG. So what got you into RPG? Yeah, so RPG, I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't know that I would class Second Life as an RPG, but if if we did, then it would probably be Second Life. I mean, that was my mm. first PC game of any sort. Mm. And before that, I was just like into mobile games mm. and you know, Angry Birds, that was like the extent of my, <laughs> my gaming, okay? That was your role play, hey, okay. Yeah, yeah, that Angry Birds, Bird. okay, that's my yeah. word. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I say like um, Second Life and then of course Star Citizen. Okay, cool. All right, and DK, how about you? 
Uh, I was going to, you know, it, it was probably back in the card game era. Mm. We were talking back in D&D was probably first. And I played, you know, we were running around with notebooks trying to play the game. Mm. <laughs> Sitting in, in the basement at our uh, friend's parents' house and, and stuff like that. Um, but then when it came to computer games, uh, Final Fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Starting out, you know, very early in the early Final Fantasy days, going up to about Final Fantasy VII is probably where I ended right there, Rain, where you just get started because mm-hmm. um, I didn't get into the RP- the multiplayer RPG in in through Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I got into that one when I found about Eve, uh, found out about um, obviously Second Life was there. Um, and Entropia. We will talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are, I mean, if we can classify those as RPGs, they're, you know, that's RPG as it got. I never got into MMO mm-hmm. until recently, you mm-hmm. know, as far as MMO and, and that started probably with Star Trek Online okay. and then further down you know, from there with Eve and everything else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me throw a question at you before we go on and talk about the metaverse a little bit here. And, and I'm, I'll just kind of put this out there and, and everybody doesn't have to answer. It's just if you feel like you got to answer for it, fine. If you don't, then because it's maybe a question that we really can't answer. But it was interesting that in the definition that we read that came from the, uh, the uh, you know, world-renowned Wikipedia, uh, the very last part of it said something that was interesting to me. It said the majority of players in MMORPGs do not engage in role-playing. And I think that's probably true. Even though a game is designed mm-hmm. to be an MMORPG, probably the majority of the people don't. They'll say, I'm not role-playing. So do you think that that's lost somewhere in the mix? Because there are some people, if they're role-playing, like like in Star Citizen, we have some orgs that are strictly role-playing orgs, right? Um, why is that for something that's designed for people to role-play? Why do you think that you don't see more role-play? Anybody have any thoughts on that? Then yeah. toss it in there. I I think there's lots of stigma, um, you know, because I, I role-played very heavily in EVE um, and, of course, uh, in Final Fantasy as well. And I think there's, like, the stigma of, like, everybody just ERPs, does the erotic role-play, um, mm-hmm. which is actually not true. It's a very small minority of the, of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it, maybe there's the stigmas. Um, there's the well. What do I do? What if I don't know the lore of the world? There's a lot of the like the, mm. I think apprehension of like what if I'm a bad writer? Because a lot of role playing is writing and and like chats and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, like in Final Fantasy fourteen, for example, you know it's it's you're writing in the chat, your role play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think there's a lot of a lot of those things, apprehension and stigmas and. And a lot of that, which is is sad, and I think Star Citizen is one of those games where the level of immersion and fidelity leads you to playing the game and not really realizing that you're immersing yourself in it and quote unquote role playing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you hear the way people talk about their experiences in Star Citizen, it mm-hmm. kind of sounds like something that happened at a table role playing. You yeah, know, yeah. that sort of stuff. It's it's interesting that you would say that because I've had plenty of people when I used to play Eve. And when I've played Star Citizen, when I've talked about things in the game to describe something, one of the things that people say is, it sounds like you're talking about something that actually happened. You it know, that, that's the way they, I mean, mm. no, but I mean, they don't think I'm talking about it actually happened on a computer. Mm. They're saying it sounds oh, like yeah. you actually, like, <laughs> it really, really happened, mm. you know. Um, anybody yeah. else got any thoughts on that about why? Because I, I, it's interesting you mentioned about stigma, too, because, you know, I think when we hear role playing, you know, there's a lot of things about LARPing and a whole bunch of other stuff because people used to say, oh, those people are crazy. You know, they're role playing. 
J uh, by the way, Gladestone, I actually appreciate your honesty. Gladestone said, I don't have time to role play because I'm still trying to figure out how to fly my ship, which is pretty funny, right? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I appreciate yeah, I, that. I, 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 yeah. I was a, side, a side conversation in, um, uh, in Jump Club, a couple of people that I remember, uh -huh. Rumpel and uh, some other folks, um, commented that, 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 that they don't believe in role play. <laughs> and I never viewed myself as a role player. Mm -hmm. I, I, I immerse myself into uh, myself in a virtual universe. Mm -hmm. Be it a, a game universe, be it Second Life, be it Star Citizen, I am essentially myself in this other environment, mm -hmm. and I might uh, uh, I might type em emoting, uh, I might type my feelings. Um, in Star Citizen, we're in this future sci-fi universe, mm -hmm. and um, now, but. You can either just be yourself in this universe. I know some people that they have these super elaborate backstories, and they've they've you know they've their whole family tree and mm -hmm. and how they in, ended up where they are and where they're going and all and and that to me is what I view as role playing, mm -hmm. and I don't view myself as role playing, but it. My perspective about Star Citizen did change mm -hmm. in 2016 when I realized that Star Citizen was going to be my new second life, mm -hmm. and I had to have an 890 mm -hmm. to experience mm -hmm. my life in the verse like my life in Second Life. It's like, okay. I, I'm not playing this as a game. Mm -hmm. I am immersing myself in a universe. Okay. I agree. All right. I, I, wait, I wait, 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 Dark Knight. We got to give it to him. Whammer's got to back him up. Whammer has to back him up. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead, DK. You know what to do, Joran. Were you going to say something, DK? Oh, no, no. I was just going to agree with uh, with Joran and how I view roleplay. It's not so much um, creating a character and diving into that character. It's really more me immersed in that I want to live in that you I want to live there okay. you know but I want to live there it's not so much of an altered character that wants to live there it's mm -hmm. more I am role playing myself in that area in mm -hmm. that life um yeah that's pretty much yeah okay I didn't role play in games until I did Eve and I know this is going to sound really crazy, but when I got into Eve, the lore of Eve really had me, you know, with the Amar and everybody, you know, and I was really the Galente. I was all caught up into that. Right. And when I first had my first character, I didn't think anything about it. I was playing as me. But then I did a second character and proceeded to do, I think it was a, uh, I think I played a female character for my second character. And then I decided to make them brother and sister. And whenever I would play in the game simultaneously, I actually got into writing a little backstory for each one of them and that they owned a mining company and blah, 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 blah. Now that was just internal for me. It wasn't something I was sharing with other people, but it did in some way or other give me a certain feeling of being part of the lore. And so I do understand the fact that some people, it's not about creating some new character. It's about them stepping into that world for themselves. And then there are the people who pick up that alter ego, right? The person that's not I, who they are, who yes. or they want to be, and they come in and, and pick it up from that dynamic. So it yes. was just an interesting piece that they said. Jade, was there anything you want to toss in before we move on to metaverse? No, not, not really. Other other than you know what you said with um, the lore of Eve pulling you in. For me, it, it's the lore of Star Citizen, and, and specifically like the lore around Levski that has pulled me in. <laughs> yeah, we know so, you love yeah. Levski. <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait till we get Nick's back. So yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. Let's jump. We're gonna move from role playing because that's this one 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 is with role play. Let's talk about the metaverse. Okay. Um, this is a definition that once again, uh, the metaverse is a portmanteau, is it portmanteau? I hope I'm saying that correct, of the word meta and universe. It's a hypothesized iteration of the internet supporting persistent online 3D virtual environments through conventional personal computing, as well as virtual and augmented reality headsets. Metaverses in some limited form are already present on platforms like VR chat and video games such as, ta-da, Second Life. Um, let's take a quick look at another person who's gonna break down us a little bit about Metaverse and we'll come back and talk about that. Facebook is planning to rebrand itself with a new name to focus on the Metaverse. South Korean millennials and Gen Z are also gathering in virtual alternative worlds. The term Metaverse is fast becoming a buzzword in tech and business. But do you know what it means? Here's Reuters' Elizabeth Halcroft. So the word metaverse is quite a broad term, uh, but generally it refers to online spaces that allow people to interact in a more immersive way than a traditional website. This could be through the use of virtual reality, so wearing a VR headset, but people also use the term metaverse to refer to virtual environments where you have an avatar a little cartoon person representing yourself, and you can walk around and interact with other people's avatars, like in a video game. Fans of the metaverse see it as the next stage in the development of the internet. Your different monitors. CEO Mark Zuckerberg said in July that Facebook will transition from being a social media company to a metaverse company in the next five years. They've already invested heavily in developing virtual and augmented reality headsets and glasses and will reportedly create 10,000 jobs in the European Union to bring their metaverse plans to life. We shouldn't really have to have to physically be together to, to feel present or collaborate or brainstorm. And Facebook is certainly not alone. Other investors and companies are getting excited about being a part of the next big thing. The term metaverse is popular in Silicon Valley, with Microsoft also talking about converging the digital and physical worlds. Because of the global health crisis over the past 18 months, more people have been working from home and going to school remotely, spending a lot more time online and missing out on human interaction. At the moment, we connect with people who aren't physically near us by going to websites such as social media platforms or using messaging apps and video calls. But now some people think there's more demand for online spaces where people's interactions can be more multidimensional and lifelike, allowing people to immerse themselves in digital content rather than simply viewing it. There is also a specific type of metaverse which uses blockchain technology, the same technology that's behind Bitcoin. One of such blockchain-based virtual worlds is Decentraland. In there, users can buy digital assets such as clothes and even land using cryptocurrencies. Fashion companies are noticing the trend, experimenting with making virtual clothing which people's avatars can wear in metaverse environments. While the metaverse offers a new space for people to socialize, trade, game and even attend music concerts, right now it's still no comparison to the real world. 
So you might have seen science fiction films that are set in fully fledged metaverses or alternate digital worlds that are almost indistinguishable from real physical life. But there's still the stuff of fiction. At the moment, most virtual spaces I've seen look more like the inside of video games than real life. Okay, okay, okay. So the metaverse, and by the way, I know some, some people were joking around in chat when we talk about meta, we're not just talking about Facebook gang, as you guys know. So um, let me start with uh, Jade on this one. Jade, uh, you know, we've talked, you and I have had these conversations and, and the group has had conversations about the future of Star Citizen. And for example, they mentioned about VR and we know that CIG has talked about the fact that eventually they're looking to implement VR into the game, even though it's not there now. Um, what are your thoughts about, you know, I know that, there's a lot going on in the gaming industry and community in relation to meta. Uh, but, I, you know, do you see Star Citizen kind of adapting some of the aspects of meta or is it already there? Is it already adapting some things you think? I think, you know, some of the things are already there and certainly the foundations for others are are there. Um, seeing how just something as small as like that radial menu that we use for uh, personal mm -hmm. interaction, that that right there sort of seems to indicate, you know, they're, they're future proofing um, their UI a little bit as mm -hmm. far as interactions. Mm -hmm. uh, but Rain would probably be able to speak more to that as a developer. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that, you know, when we look around at Star Citizen spaces, and that's when we're not running through them, right? But if you stop the smell the roses, mm -hmm. And, and you go and you look at, you know, the Voyager bar on Orison, and you look at um, G-Lock mm -hmm. at Area 18, and you, you look at Wally's. These are spaces they're building for that social interaction, for, for that metaverse experience, right? Where, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're going to do your, your missions or whatever you want to do, but the game is not just about going and accomplishing a goal or doing a mission. It may just be a place that you meet up with your friends, you know, you, you meet up with your org mates and you, you have a drink or you dance or you do karaoke or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, there are definite elements of uh, the metaverse that are already in Star Citizen. The fact that we have face over IP where people can see our face if we choose to mm -hmm. move with our actual real world face, you know, that, that right there explains all you need to know about what CIG's plans in the future are for, for this game as far as the metaverse concept. That's cool. Joe Run, let me ask you, because Jade hit on something, which was actually my next point. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about the fact that a lot of things that CIG puts in the game, it's not just there for cosmetics, but they have some purpose or some goal behind it, right? And something as simple as the food stands, right? The bars, uh, the locations to to be able to sit and commune and talk with people. Um, how do you see those things playing out more? Do you think that players will start taking advantage of those areas more? Um, or will it just be maybe just the role players, you know, or do you, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Because sometimes I see people hanging out at the bar, you know, but uh, you know, nobody's on the dance floor yet, but it's cause we can't play any good music, you know, <laughs> in the Oasis. We've, we've, we've done it many times. <laughs> I mean, I know, I mean, I mean, in general, I know your group has, that's why I'm asking you this question. Cause I know, I know you guys have dedicated yourselves to doing it. And that's my point. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I, I think it depends on w what people want out of Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people that don't have large groups to play with like we do in the Yacht Club, they don't get to experience the social side of things. Mm -hmm. And once you start to make friends and do things with other people, that's when everything changes. And it, it, it 
even if you go out, if you might set out to do something serious, very often just because you have a bunch of bunch of crazy friends in there, you end up doing something totally different. And um, you know, and there are times where we've like for New Year's Eve, many of us. Uh, and last year, I don't know if we did it the year before too. Um, I know we did the, this past year because we were all kind kind of locked down. Uh, we had a big New Year's Eve party at um, uh, at, at Wally's Bar, and mm -hmm. I think we had one the year before too. Mm -hmm. um, it's just getting together with friends and hanging out in kind of a, a, a fun virtual um, social environment like that, and getting getting some um, get, getting some drinks and hanging out on the on the dance floor and doing silly crazy stuff. <laughs> and like la la last night, we, uh, we 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 got in the PTU and we were going to go try out the Redeemers in the area. And we were gonna go. It's like, all right, we're gonna do some do some pew pewing and testing and blowing stuff up. And we ended up going to to, to an outpost on Microtech and flew around a little bit. And then somebody said, it's like, well, well, let's I, let's let's shoot the 890. And we took out its engines. It crashed. We all kind of sat down on top of a mountain, and we all just kind of we had like six ships just landed on top of a mountain. We all just want run around, kind of enjoying the clouds and the sunset. And you know, I. People were doing flybys, and you know, it just kind of became this this hangout mm -hmm. because it's just fun to hang out with friends in these really just gorgeous environments. Right. And you know, it's not necessarily role play. It's again, it's so for cool. some of us, it's immersing yourself into this virtual environment, which is what Second Life has always been for me. It's like you you go someplace, and and like Mystic and I, I we we like to go at least once a week to a live performer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll go a couple of different uh, times, and there'll be somebody who's singing live in Star Citizen. There'll be a group of people, and everybody dresses up depending on what the theme is. Mm -hmm. And there might be a ballroom, might be blues, might mm -hmm. be, you know, an S and M club. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, but you know, you can go and hang out with other friends at any time without leaving your house. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to have that in so many different places in. Star Citizen. I've talked to lots of people that want to be performers in Star Citizen, mm -hmm. and they want to play guitar in a bar mm -hmm. and work for tips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Hey, I get it. I get it. Brain, let me ask you as a developer, what is what is CIG? You know, you've got these two groups of people, right? You've got the people who, uh, to Jade's point, who like to smell the roses. There are times when I deliberately walk in the game. I really do. I'll, I'll walk in the game, right? And, mm. and, and then there are the times of the people who they never walk, right? They, they run and all they're, they're working on their objective, right? You've got the people who are trying to make money or do a mission. And then you've got the people who, like Joe Run said, if they're running, they're, they're trying to go to a party to get there on time to hang out with their friends. What does CIG got to do in order to, to a certain degree, satisfy both those communities? Because even though it's a sandbox, unlike Second Life, which literally the developers don't give you anything. They just give you the tools 100% and the and the players create whatever it is. But Star Citizen does still have the control of creating the other dynamics. Wow, TV Liquid. Thank you so, so, so much for the raid of 132 people. Thank you. Welcome everybody who's coming over. Uh, I'm, I'm coming back to you, Ray. Drain, don't let me forget what I was talking about. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for coming over. TV, thank you so much for the raid. We are talking about will Star Citizen uh, be the next second life? So uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy this conversation. So I'm going to repeat the question since we had a bunch of new people that just came in. Rain, how does CIG keep that balance between the people who come into the game who are worried about trading and doing the missions and, and getting the latest armor 
versus the people who are coming in to smell the roses and just hang out mm. with their friends at the G-Lock bar. And if they didn't make any money that day, they could care less. Is there some juggling that they're going to have to do to keep all the groups satisfied? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few things to think about from a game design perspective. One of those is called conveyance, and, and the other one is um, building from a systemic approach. So conveyance is, is basically how you convey to your players um, how they play the game, right? And when you're building from a systemic environment where, you know, you're building like we could see Star Citizen as as very much a simulation environment because there's there's just sets of rules and there's quite literally a sandbox to play in. Um, I wouldn't really necessarily consider it close to like modern MMORPGs with like questing and stuff, but technically there are because, you know, there's like named NPCs with voice actors and stuff. You go to them and get a quote quest and then go and do it. And it's a big storyline. Um, but there is a lot to juggle there because you need to convey how to play the game to your players, which Star Citizen doesn't have a tutorial. Um, and then you need to make sure that you're designing the game from a perspective that gives everybody the ability to play the game the way that they want to, which I think CIG has already done that. Uh, we've seen that, right? So, like, one of the examples is navigating the world. Um, you'll notice signage, right, in all of the major spaceports. Signage is very big, it's very prominent, it's very easy to see, this way to the starport, you know, this way to there, to mm -hmm. the city structure. Art Corp has got some problems with navigation um, in, like, <laughs> throughput and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the last place that was added, being New Babbage, for example, I think New Babbage is a prime example of how to convey navigation to the player and how they go from point a to point b um and yeah i think i think they have a lot to to do because you will have Thanks people the follow. that just as you said they want to slow and walk but of course your mouse wheel controls your character's movement speed so like that's just a very simple feature mm -hmm. that says if you want to walk scroll it back if you want to run scroll it forward mm -hmm. like you have the ability as a player to choose the speed at which you're navigating through the environment and it's course to you know it's up to their level design team to make sure that there's no like hidden geometry which we've seen time and again right. unfortunately uh, so, to trip on and get so, you killed so are you saying basically is that they have to always kind of make sure that the options are always there so people can always yes. choose how they mm -hmm. decide to play and not feel restricted you know if... well, within the mm -hmm. confines of the game and the vision of the game okay. right okay you know mm -hmm. um which it, like how do i put this the sprint feature, for example, when, you, when you've when you moved all the way forward and sprinting, they, they don't want you sprinting all over the place. That's mm -hmm. why stamina exists, mm -hmm. right? You can get tired. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, your character's, you know, body temp, your uh, character's heartbeat will skyrocket and you'll mm -hmm. get tired and worn out. So, right. yeah, but then they give you that option of running if you want or mm -hmm. walking or having a light jog or whatever. Your options are there, but they're sort of still limited within a confined space and mm -hmm. they they have to work within that space within that vision and say how many options can we give that doesn't break outside of either the positive or negative and, and give somebody too much power or too little power over over their control and their decision making okay if that makes any sense no, it does thank you no thank you thank you uh dk um yep. you know it, it, again Star Citizen for me kind of hovers somewhere between, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, we're not completely there. Uh, do you think that if CIG implements, which they've talked about, VR 
into the game. Mm -hmm. Does that put us even closer to something like a second life? Does that really like this whole meta thing? Does it move us even closer to that? I know meta can go much mm -hmm. deeper than that, but it mm -hmm. seems like VR and that, that extra immersion puts it even closer when we start talking about oh, a metaverse. Are. What do you think? 100%, 100%. VR will change the way that people view the game as a whole in the VR mindset. Um, same thing happened with Elite. Once VR was introduced, it became a completely different game in VR. You really felt like you were there. Mm -hmm. Like you were in that ship, you were flying that ship around. You could, you know, you might feel the movement. You know, a lot of us in Sim, you, you know, you, uh, you think you're not actually feeling something, but you think you actually feel it. Mm -hmm. um, those are the kind of immersive properties, you know, cheers, immersion, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, that you get from having a VR set. Now, I haven't tried VR before. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried it yet in any of these games, but I'm interested to see how it will feel for somebody to be that close to, say, their ship when they walk out mm -hmm. to the hangar. Mm. or walk over to you know uh the ramen stand and actually get a you know the bowl of ramen handed to you in your hand mm -hmm. you know and be able to see your you know moving to your mouth that would be such an interesting thing and that kind of brings that extra level of being a part of uh a, a real life simulation in a way like you're actually there this is something and it makes you you know take extra steps to kind of you, you you don't run you know like we we're all saying here you, you just don't run mm -hmm. i very rarely run unless there's a big group of people that i'm with mm -hmm. otherwise i'm that button scroll all the way down and i'm just kind of strolling along just enjoying the sights and scenery and it's you know that's i i think in vr that would be like 10 times you know mm -hmm. in mine yeah yeah let me hit one more question, then we're going to move on and talk about Second Life and look at our video for that. And anybody who wants to chime in on this, feel free. What did you guys think when you watched that thing with Vega and, and uh, Cobra at the beginning? They were walking. They were taking mm -hmm. their time. Uh, how did you feel when you were watching it? Did you feel like that it made a part of the story? that they Because they could have ran to the water, right? They could have said, come on, let's hurry and get over to the water. And, but they walked. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, was that significant to you in the sense of, you know, this whole thing of Second Life and being in Second Life or... Because in Second Life, you can fly everywhere, right? You don't walk everywhere in Second Life. So I'm just kind of right. curious. How did you feel when you saw that in a video? Absolutely adorable. And mm -hmm. yeah, I thought, I thought you know, if they had run to the water, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have seemed as, um, I don't know, heartfelt or whatever. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, you know, the fact that they were taking their time to take in the scenery, I mm -hmm. think, made a big yeah. difference. Yeah, they even stopped at one point and talked about the, the plant and stuff, right? right. When they yeah. were walking, right? Okay. If you follow yeah, Cobra for a while, he's he's a role player in, right. in many ways. And, and, you know, he'll walk places. He'll get into, you know, I remember when he was just getting started. I'm a Kovalex delivery man. And that's what he did. You know? I remember and, that. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, with the thing with him and his wife, they are, you know, they are they're a couple in the game mm -hmm. as well as outside of the game. So that that's that. What I saw there, when I saw that, it was like that's that's what it is that's what it's about <laughs> i i think like it's, it was it's phenomenal because i've i've had that happen um katie from skunkworks um i took her to cleo to see the emerald the emerald ocean of cleo mm -hmm. and we walked mm -hmm. out of the ship and onto the beach and this is what i mean right when we talk that example about how we talk about the game like you sound like you were there we walked out of the ship we walked onto the beach and the atmosphere, the wind, the debris, the, the ocean itself, and she was just stunned by the beauty and the sunrise and just 
you know, being able to look up and see the moons in the distance and, and being able to see the planet in the distance. And I think this is a prime example of why, like, occasionally, you know, maybe try it. It's not quote-unquote role-play. I mean, all you're doing is just exploring. You know, yeah. give it a shot. <laughs> Doron, you were going to say something. Were you going to toss in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just, just going to uh, uh, say also that it, 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 it was really adorable and it was just very oh, heartfelt. That that they were ex having this shared experience in this virtual virtual environment together, and at the the wa the walking was, uh, I think, important to the feel of mm. you know experiencing it, not just trying to get from point A to point B. Mm. Mm, that's a good and point. I, I, I don't I don't fly many places in in Second Life. I I tend to I'll get to a, a location mm -hmm. and then and I once I'm someplace i'll mostly walk around like in a store or, mm -hmm. or um or at, at a uh at, at a you don't camera shop like that um <laughs> yeah actually i tend to camera shop <laughs> then I'll around, if you're not camera shopping you're not doing it right that's what i'm saying yeah uh, that's good though that's a good point and it did and it did you're absolutely right it did add to the feel of what was going on with the scene the fact that they were talking about time, the 12 years, the fact that they were taking their time, the fact that they talked about it didn't feel like time had passed. So you're absolutely right. It, it definitely fit in. By the way, for those of you all who are talking about VR and Star Citizen, those of us who've been around for a while will remember they were doing VR and Star Citizen at one point. Any of you guys remember that? Uh -uh. Oh, I know you wouldn't remember that, There's DK. No I yeah, know Jade might. Nope, that's run. before my time. You don't remember when they were doing VR and they were doing yeah. an Arena Commander? Uh-uh, that was happening oh, before like 2.6. You all need to do your YouTube searching because okay. VR was in Star Citizen for a very short amount of time. And not because Star Citizen put it out, but people figured out a way to make it work and it was amazing. So mm. just to let you know that it's, you know, even though they say it's coming down the road, one of the reasons why that conversation came up is because at one point, there were people who were doing VR and it was, yeah, thank you, uh, Harvey Harpo. Yeah, trust me, it was there before back in the day. Okay, let's change the gears and talk about our title, Second Life. And for those of you who don't know anything about Second Life, uh, we're gonna watch a little video for that. Oh, HDS, his divine shadow, one of our best friends. Thank you so much for the five community subs. You all give some shout outs for the love that was given. And also we had some other folks who followed. Catzilla, thank you for the follow. Raven Queen, thank you for the follow. Starbuck907, thank you for the follow. Pythons, thank you for the follow. And Mr. BK Wolf, thank you for that follow as well. We appreciate it. And thank you all for hanging out with us. Let's take a look at this video on Second Life. Second Life is different than a game because there isn't any goal. And it has the very unusual property that everything in it is changeable and, in fact, is created by the people who are there, not by us, the company. In fact, we didn't build anything in the Second Life. It started out as just a, a small island with some trees on it. Residents came in, they began, you know, buying and, you know, developing that space. So, literally clearing the trees and building houses on it. They started building the content like glasses or clothes or tables or chairs or guns or cars. 
We didn't build any of that. We simply built a technology platform. Think of it as being much like the web. You know, we created the server space and the software running on the servers that would allow you to basically go in there and make web pages, only you're not making web pages, you're making reality. People inevitably, you know, approach it with a, how could that be kind of a question, you know, how could the virtual world be real? But I think in the years to come, we'll realize that the question was more just why not? The Avastar is the tabloid newspaper. We cover news, business, fashion, celebrities, travel, all sorts of these tabloid themes. However, we only cover Second Life. So all our content is based on Second Life. At the beginning, when we first looked at Second Life, 76% of Second Life were from America. Now you have over 60% coming from Europe. Registered people that have actually come and got themselves an avatar is at 7 million. So you've definitely seen a massive expansion in the Second Life population. One of the fastest growing sites on the internet is a 3D world called Second Life. It's been a massive hype. It's been all through the media, through the newspapers. through the television. Second Life is not a game. It is a multi-user virtual environment. It doesn't have points or scores. It doesn't have winners or losers. Or oh, it has losers. This is supposed to be me. Kind of. It's called an avatar. And it's part of a world some people call very cool, while others consider it very me. weird. Second Life now is sort of where the World Wide Web was in about 1994. People are starting to discover it. Wednesday, a cyber celebrity's death. She doesn't seem real, does she? She made herself look like her avatar. Please join me in giving a warm digital welcome to Bruce B-Dub Willett. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, how you doing? People don't just engage in perverse sexual activity in Second Life, but they also engage in, in forms of artistic expression or commerce. There are so many big brands that have come into Second Life massive multinationals, big companies coming in and experimenting, getting feedback on their products. The question is, can Second Life make this progression to becoming a mass portal in the future? And of course, that's unclear. I think that what we'll look back on now in Second Life will have been the beginning of a proof on that. Things are real because they're there with us and we believe in them. And if they're simulated on a digital computer versus sort of simulated by atoms and molecules, it doesn't make any difference to us. Having thought about this for some time and having seen, uh, you know, everything unfolding and growing in Second Life, I would say that uh, to a certain extent, the virtual world must contain some sort of danger and risk and possibility of pain or loss uh, to be interesting. I don't think that we can create worlds of any kind 
that aren't that are interesting without them also being you know at least somewhat dangerous that said the virtual world is at a basic level a safer place than the real world we do not have the ability in the virtual world to physically harm each other and that is a very powerful change that i think brings us closer to our aspiration about what it is to be human. I, I think that the fact that we are perhaps emotionally in danger but not physically in danger in the virtual world is a tremendous positive step toward uh, being all that we can be. So while the virtual world is not without danger, it is certainly a good deal safer than the physical world that we, for the most part, live in now. Okay, that gives us a little bit of background on uh, good old Second Life. Uh, oh, old. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna. That was such me, an let old me, video. Let me, let me, let me, let me go back. I tried to find something new that talked about it, and there, there was nothing that was good enough. So I just went back. This, this, I did put in the chat. That was from a documentary that was done in 2011 called Life 2.0. Oh, so wow. if you guys okay. want to check it out, they did a very detailed documentary on it at that time. But that's where the clip came from. But it was just to give you an idea. Not more about the graphics and stuff, but just to give you an idea of what the, what this thing was about. And to hear from Lyndon, the developers at Lyndon themselves. So I just want you guys to uh, to hear that. Um, let's jump in. Jay, would you do me a favor and read that little description on the right there? And then we're going to get into the questions about it. Sure. Absolutely. Second Life is an application that allows people to create an avatar for themselves and have a second life in an online virtual world or metaverse. The developed and owned by the San Francisco-based firm Linden Labs and launched in uh, on June 23rd, 2003. It saw rapid growth for some years. And in 2013, it had approximately 1 million regular users. Growth stabilized and by the end of 2017, active user account had declined to between 800,000 and 900,000. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so let me start off with uh, Joe Run. I'm gonna come to you first. Uh, how'd you find out about Second Life and what pulled you in? So I, I was going through kind of a rough time in my in my real life mm -hmm. and I needed to escape a little bit. And it was in two, early 2007, it was everywhere. And the news was talking about it. All the big corporations were getting into it, Coca-Cola and Ford and IBM and all the company, they were all setting up campuses and they were going to have virtual environments and and sell to customers and do training. Uh, universities were setting up training um, campuses. I know it was just it it was going to be the metaverse. And it I, there there was an episode of I, in some TV show where there was a, a real life murder and and they tracked them down in <laughs> Second Life or something like that. Um, CSI Miami, I think it was. And, and so it was. It was. It was everywhere. And I was. Uh, I uh, a history in, in a bit of gaming and whatnot. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this looks like something kind of cool to escape into. And um, got into it and was just lost. I, I was <laughs> obsessive. I, I could not spend enough time in Second Life. I and I lost sleep. It was up till late hours of the early, early wee morning. Mm -hmm. um, and I just I I had so many friends. I was going shopping and going out to clubs and and uh, lots and lots of virtual dating for years. Um, it was uh, it was just super super engaging, and it was a, a great escape okay. for me during a difficult time in uh, in the real world. And and I just I made friendships that uh, have last. I've got friends that I've had since. I had some friends that I've had since probably around two thousand. 
been and, more and, going. And are you still time? are you still currently playing, or have you stopped? Uh yes, I was in there this morning. Actually, currently, okay. So you've been playing since yes. two thousand seven, March of two thousand seven. Okay, cool. All right, Jade, how about you? Um. Wow. So I joined. How'd you find out? After. How'd you find out? How'd you find out? Oh, about how, I, how did I find out about Second Life? Wow. I don't know. Like, like Joe Ryan said, there was so much in the media about it in mm -hmm. 2007. It's hard to figure out like okay. where I heard about it because it was everywhere. You couldn't escape it. Like okay. there was, it was like hearing about, you know, mm -hmm. it's like hearing about TikTok now, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so <laughs> you couldn't escape it. And um, yeah, so I joined in June of 2007 mm. and it was very different. Like Joe Ryan said, I mean, there were, you know, Fortune 500 companies that were setting up, mm -hmm. um, their operations there there were there were bands mm -hmm. you know like pop music stars and stuff that were buying their own islands it was it was an amazingly different place than it is now mm -hmm. but um it had a ton of momentum and i think what attracted me to it was like just the fact that you know i'm a naturally shy person mm -hmm. i know a lot of people here probably don't even mm -hmm. couldn't even guess that but i am mm -hmm. and it sort of brought me out of my shell as far as social socialization mm -hmm. at a you know sort of awkward time in my life so okay. yeah okay very cool rain how about you how'd you find out about it and all that good stuff uh some friends were involved mm. and uh i didn't see any like news or anything some friends of mine were in and brought me in, uh, and mm. yeah, I've been in Second Life almost fourteen years now. So you're, you're so. still cur you're still currently playing. I was playing while I was listening to y'all talk. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have the we're gonna have the rehab conversation at the end of this show, folks. I can tell you that now. But no, that's great. you're still playing it. Okay, that's that's cool. You're still playing it. Okay. Nope. I was actually I just took it. I sent it to Jay, and I actually just. I was I was in while well while the video of the Second Life video was playing, mm -hmm. I was actually in updating my avatar and putting a new outfit on to take a picture. <laughs> so I was like playing like right now. <laughs> okay, fair fair enough, fair enough. DK, how about you? When did you? How did you find out? And when, you know, when did you get in? Oh, I think it's kind of like everyone said. I don't actually know how I found out. It was everywhere, okay. and I actually had two characters created i had the first one i created was like back in 2007 2008 somewhere around there okay. and i ended up forgetting a whole bunch of information lost a whole bunch of stuff on my computer including passwords and everything else mm. so then i wasn't able to get it back so i had actually started another character in 2011 and that character lasted and still there i haven't uh, i haven't logged in second life in a long time Oh, wow. um, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I found out about it probably the same way everybody else. It was everywhere. I was so so interested. I was like, oh, you can actually go to school in there. You can go to university. They're having meetings and mm -hmm. all of this. And I'll get onto you know meditation groups that I was uh, helping lead there. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, it was it, it was like when I found out about it, I was like, oh, we can do that. Okay, uh, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> okay. okay. Let me do a quick round robin. Joe mm -hmm. Run. Average time you'd spend in, in Second Life. Average. A day. Or a week. A day? Or a week. Or a week. Whichever way you want to do. Okay, Hours uh, of a week or, or in a day. Now now we're now now we're then or at at, at what, what was at the what peak? You say what was in, your peak? What time? was your peak? What was your peak probably? Oh, um four or five hours a day. Four or five hours a day. That was the peak? Yeah, probably probably peak four or five Ooh, hours a day. You did pretty good. Wow. Jade, what maybe about more. you? Maybe more. Yeah, okay. Well, full full time full time job. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, gotcha. Gotcha. And wife. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Jade, what about you? 
Uh, well, I, I can say that there were times where um, I was over 12 hours. Okay. Or okay. a session. Like, the time would just go by. You're, mm -hmm. just, you're just chilling with your friends in this this world and you know you're going to clubs you're dancing you're you know you're, you're going to somebody's house you're helping them uh decorate their new house you, you go to somebody's wedding um you know like there's and then that's like all with it and then you look and it's 12 hours it's gone okay all right yeah there, there were times i, I spent 12 12 I, 18 hours mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. no, kind, kind of like you know okay. sometimes that's good. you're just you, you wake up in the, in the morning and you're just there until you go to sleep and you sleep for six hours and you just happen to be <laughs> in this other environment it's okay. like it, it wasn't regularly right, but, right. but there yeah. were those times i get it i get it oh, yeah. rain yeah. what oh, about you did we lose rain she must have might have stepped away i'll come back to her jay uh dk what about you yeah, I was going to say probably about three, four hours at my peak okay. that I would spend in there, but I was also working around the time. So I would come in and kind of jump in there whenever I was, uh, you know, home from work and didn't have, you know, I'm going to jump into Second Life for a while before I go to bed, you yep. know, or jump in in the morning before I had to work or something like that. What was, you your know? Long, what was your longest? What was your longest? My longest probably would have been about three or four hours. Uh, really? No, 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 no. I would go longer because it, it was it was a meditation <laughs> retreat, mm. and I think we went for six or seven hours that mm. day. Okay. And it was just on and off meditating. I'll go, you know, more into that. But that was the book of what I was doing in Second Life anyway. At the time, was running a meditation group. Uh, okay, okay. Rain, mm -hmm. you back? Nope, we still lost Rain. Okay, she's still in chat, so we haven't lost her in Discord. She might have just stepped away. Okay, um, here's a, 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 um, a quote, a, a comment I have in here. In many ways, Second Life is similar to a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Nevertheless, Linden Labs is emphatic that their creation is not a game. There is no manufactured conflict or set objective. Do you guys agree to that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, wholeheartedly. Okay. Mm -hmm. and yeah, that, and absolutely. That, that's the difference, That's why right? it's not a game, like Jaren's. Right. right. Yeah, I just step away from an emergency. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no problem. Okay. We, we, knew you, we knew you stepped away. We were going we to get you back. So, so basically, everybody does agree, because I agree, too. It wasn't, yes. a quote, unquote, the mm -hmm. definition mm -hmm. of a game. Rain, Rain, the last question I had asked was, um, what was the average amount of time and your longest amount of time playing um, Second Life? About 12 hours. 12 hours. Is that for both answers or just one or the other? Um, 12 hours longest, Okay. average six to eight. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, and I don't want people to think I averaged 12 hours. I'd say about the same 12, 12 hours longest and average about six to eight. Okay. Okay. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump forward a little bit here. Now, this part of the show, some of you in chat may be familiar with this game. Some of you may not be, maybe you've just heard about it. Uh, Joe Run, I think you and I are the only two veterans here of this particular game. So you and I are going to kind of take the lead on this conversation. And then we're going to get feedback from DK and Jade and Rain. Uh, and that's Star Wars Galaxies. Um, this was a game that was put out by Sony Online Entertainment. Jade, I mean, Jerome, you did play it, right? Or no? Did I remember? No, you no, I, I, I oh, did you not. didn't. Oh, I'm the only person that got oh. suckered into that one. Okay, good. So I, this will be a lot of people talk about it, and I've seen videos. It okay. looks amazing. So this will be fresh for everybody. Then fresh, fresh mm -hmm. responses from folks who've never played it, but some of you in chat may have played it. Yeah, I know HDS, RIP, SWG. Don't <laughs> it breaks my heart when I think about it. Um, let's see who's that. Papa Doc, thank you for the resubscription. We appreciate that. Thank you. And Space Court Gaming, thank you for that follow as well. Um, okay, so I'm gonna show you guys a quick video. 
give you an mm -hmm. idea of what Star Wars Galaxies is about. Now, those of you who don't know, Star Wars Galaxies was, was discontinued by Sony Online Entertainment, but there have been some people who have kept some servers running and they've tried to keep the game updated as much as possible. There's an emulator of it that you can still play even today. Some diehard people are still dedicated to it. I'll explain to you why the game lost its most of its base because of something, a decision that Sony did. Uh, but let me show you what it looked like first and then we'll come back and talk about it. Seventeen years after its debut, Star Wars Galaxies remains one of the most ambitious MMOs ever created. I'm Dan, aka Wolf, and today we're going to take a look at the epic open-world sandbox known as SWG Star Wars Galaxies. In short, if you've never played this game, SWG is Star Wars like you've never seen it before. Vast landscapes across dozens of worlds offer hundreds upon hundreds of square miles to explore. Head into the wilds and tame creatures and massive beasts. Hunt criminals and force as a notorious bounty hunter. Become a famous entertainer and hollow star sought after by your community to headline events and offer powerful buffs to adventurers. Scour the galaxy for rare resources as a prospector with harvesters across lush and fertile worlds. Establish your merchant empire in a completely player-driven economy where the best equipment and goods are player-made. Gather your friends and pioneer your own outpost on the galactic frontier. Work together to recruit citizens and grow your outpost into a thriving city. Lose yourself in the creativity and detail of decorating your own residence or establishment. All of this and more awaits you in that galaxy far, far away as only SWG can deliver it. Even though SOE shut down their servers on that fateful day on December 15, 2011, thanks to a team of enterprising coders, Star Wars Galaxies lives on through the SWG EMU project. This has spawned a slew of independent servers that have added their own code and customizations. In short, if you dig out your old disks or borrow the files from a friend, you can install the the game, download the emu client, and be playing on your chosen server in no time. For the sake of this video, we are playing on the highly recommended Empire in Flames server. Some of the features we will be discussing with you are exclusive to Empire in Flames and its sister server, Sunrunner 2, but this is, for the most part, SWG at its amazing and wonderful core. Star Wars Galaxies was one of the first MMOs to have an in-depth character creator. Most of the available races have a pretty wide level of detail you can give them considering the age of the game. Your customizations can be further expanded by meeting with a player who is a master image designer, and they can offer you more hairstyles and more hair color options as well as skin and fur pigmentation choices beyond what is available at creation. When creating your character on Empire and Flames, you can choose from 37 different races, including droids, huts, Keldor, and Nautilans. While most of these species and race types have pretty in-depth character customization options, some of the new ones added by EIF do only have a few, but that's okay because SWG also has one of the most massive wardrobes available to characters right out of the gate. There's nothing hidden behind levels or grinding. Most clothing and armor options are immediately available and can be crafted by master tailors and master armorsmiths as soon as your character's boots hit the ground. This means that your character can get some of the highest quality armor at the very beginning of your character's journey, the cost of which is easily achievable by grinding submissions. Unlike most games, stat bonuses do not originate with equipment. Instead, they come from looting skill tapes and 
armor attachments that can be applied to equipment. Instead of a level system, SWG features a skill point system where you can spend points to go through skill trees to create a truly unique character. EIF takes this a bit further, allowing you to have one chosen profession that you get for free at no skill point cost. That means that you can be a bounty hunter, commando, doctor, entertainer, merchant, ranger, smuggler, or squad leader. You can augment your chosen profession by spending 250 points on various skill trees such as architect, artisan, armorsmith, bioengineer, carboneer, chef, creature handler, dancer, droid, engineer, fencer, image designer, medic, musician, pikeman, pistolier, rifleman, surveyor, swordsman, tailor, Terraskazi artist, and weaponsmith. Now there are three basic character types that most, but not all, characters fall into. You have your combat characters, your crafters, and your entertainer characters. Though a master entertainer, who is also a master dancer and a master musician, will still have 124 skill points to spend fleshing out their template. So yes, it is possible to have a completely fulfilling career and character journey in SWG without doing any combat at all. But these are only straight builds. You can absolutely mix and match to create unique characters. Want a smuggler who is also a master dancer? No problem. Want to be a commando who is also a master weaponsmith? You can have that too. Additionally, players who have established their own city can level the politician skill tree for free, not costing any skill points. On Empire and Flames, politicians affiliated with the New Republic can run in an election to become the senator of their planet, while politicians affiliated with the Imperial Remnant can run in an election to become the Imperial Counselor of their planet. Senators and counselors vote on which planet to attack in the ongoing galactic civil war that happens every six days on Empire and Flames, and while that is a video for another time, it should be noted that PvP on this server is on a voluntary basis only. SWG features perhaps the most in-depth crafting system of any MMO, the foundation for which lies in resources that span over a dozen worlds, with each planet offering its own minerals, chemicals, gases, flora, and fauna. The system randomly generates resources with a unique name and unique values to their stats, and these resources shift irregularly and have a random lifespan of 6 to 21 days in which they're available to be harvested in the game world. Crafters and prospectors are always on the hunt for the next valuable resource that spawns into the galaxy, where they will then track down, harvest, and hoard up their storerooms with. While there are items you can craft whose stats do not matter, such as furniture, structures, and a few other things, for most items, each step of the crafting process affects the final stats. Crafters can experiment in an attempt to create schematics with the best stats, stacking bonuses from their crafting tool, skill tapes, buff food, and being sure to perform their experiments in a player city that is a research center. Their schematics can then be uploaded into factories where they can mass produce up to a thousand copies of the item, provided they have enough of the exact same resources that they used in creation of the schematic, which again plays back to resource lifespan and rarity. And the more complex the item is that you're crafting, often requires many manufactured subcomponents from multiple factory runs. Crafters can give unique names to anything they make, allowing you to put your signature brand on items. And any item that can be crafted or looted from the world can also be physically placed in a player's home or shop, lending itself to unique decorating opportunities. As a game within a game, some players build museums as they try to collect every rare item in the game. While there is a lot to love about SWG, it is not without its blemishes. As of this video, the game is almost 18 years old, and the graphics certainly look the part. While the game debuted a revolutionary terrain system in 2003, it was not efficient by any means. Even when playing on a modern PC, the bottleneck lies in the game client calculating the location and type of flora to place, which means speeding across a planet can often look like this.
Fortunately, there are some mods you can install to extend draw distance, but they can be a bit tedious to deploy for your average gamer. Additionally, SWG is a very complex game that is notorious for its lack of handholding. If you're going to take a deep dive into everything that is possible in this massive sandbox, you're going to have to figure things out, research guides, and ask questions from your server's community, most of which are more than happy to help new players. In closing, this is just a quick peek at SWG that only scratches the surface of what the game encompasses. Until next time, May the force be with you. Okie dokie, okie dokie, okie dokie. That's SWG. Um, in, let me ask, in, I'll start out with uh, Rain this time. Rain, was there anything that you saw that they talked about that they were able to do in that game from 2003 that you think would be kind of cool to see in the game today? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I Eve Online came out in 2003, and I didn't start till 2006. But mm -hmm. like, I never got into Star Wars Galaxies because I never heard about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, I was in Second Life and um, Final Fantasy and uh, and Eve. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of it, uh, the base building—I didn't know it had base building mm -hmm. and city building and stuff and land claims. Like, we're gonna get that in Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. We know that. Yeah. Um, I want to see. And I, I, I actually think it, it does go against Chris's vision for the game. I've had a lot of people tell me that this is never going to happen. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to make things in Star Citizen. Yeah. Actually, crafting, crafting, they've talked about recently, and it came out of nowhere, mm -hmm. and it surprised oh. a lot of people. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 The, the conversation has come up about them. They've talked about that they are considering how they're going to do crafting. Because, like, give the example in stars, and, and, and you can see how this could help with the economy, because this is how it worked in, in galaxies. Not yeah. only were you a doctor, you made your own medicines to sell to people. Where, like, right now, yeah, we go yeah. to the pharmacy, right? But in right. this one, you could get the resources, make the stuff. Players came to you to buy that stuff. And that was how right. you made So you literally could stay in your house. And people heard that you were this doctor that had the, you know, like, because the, the medicines were at different levels of quality. If you had high quality stuff, people came to you to buy their stuff. If you were a dancer, the more that you would, there was this thing that would happen when you got injured. It's similar to what happens with us now, but you would get injured. They called it black rot, where instead of you, when you came back, you didn't come back at 100%, you came back at, let's say, 90%. If you died right. again, you came back at 80%, blah, blah, blah. And then your line would be black where that other part was. Well, if you went to a musician or a dancer in the cantina and they played music and danced for you, that line would start to go away and you'd come back up so that you could be at 100%. The black line would go away, but you'd still be at 80, right? Hmm. The dancer got experience for dancing for you and healing you. Then when you were healed, <laughs> you'd go to the doctor, right? And spend money to get yourself back up to 100%. So everybody had impact on everybody in the game. And it was a very cool thing to do, you know? So wow. yeah, if they could, and like crafters, there were people who literally did nothing but make clothing because orgs, orgs would hire them. Oh God. That's what I wanted to know. Oh God. <laughs> people would go to that crafter and say, hey, I need a hundred uniforms for my org. And we want them to be red, green, and blue, this pattern, blah, 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 blah. Guys, okay, mm -hmm. pay me 20,000, come back in three days. You come back, they'd have all 100 uniforms for you. You bring it back to your people, distribute it to your folks. I mean, it was crazy the flexibility that this game gave to people. But let me let me go on to somebody else. Um, uh, Joe Run, anything that you saw that was named that you think would be cool? I would agree with Rain, all, all of it. But I think that we're going to have a pretty 
huge range of those things already in mm -hmm. in in I was second life in star citizen <laughs> uh i and uh, what jade mentioned that the crafting um there's been a lot of talk about that uh discussions were about how early on chris chris had said that he didn't really want to have crafting and i think that's because he wants to maintain certain amounts of control but i think that the the depth and complexity that is evolving in star citizen like we we weren't going to have this level of base building mm -hmm. we weren't going to have this level of uh, of detailed exploration around planets mm -hmm. i know what's evolved that the universe is going to be from 2012, 13, 14, 15 has changed night and day. Mm. And the, the big vision is the same. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's important for people to, to, to remember is that and everything they're doing is still toward the big vision, mm -hmm. but it's the details that are changing. And if anything, we're just getting more, than we ever thought that we were going to get before. Mm. And I didn't start until two, late late 2015. Mm -hmm. um, and it's grown far beyond what I imagined it was going to be, mm -hmm. e even now and, and looking looking forward. So I, I think that the the outposts are going to be not just mining and research, science research, but also crafting. And they talked about, like like you said, creating medicines. Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, Dan Dan Truffin talked about that in a couple of his uh, his talks, mm -hmm. where players would be doing research on on um, uh, on uh, harvestables from right. minerals and and pl especially plants and and that sort of thing. And then, of course, like as people have talked about with the endeavor, you'll be growing certain kinds of plants and, and things that you won't be able to, to find in, in other places and then researching how to combine them to create new things. So I mean, this is crafting in a way, but then creating medicines. And then uh, I, I don't know how much manufacturing we're going to have, but I think on a small scale, we're, we're going to have definitely a lot more crafting than, than we, we have envisioned in the past. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Jade, let me ask you, uh, just so you'll know, Star, Star Wars Galaxies had 33 professions. <laughs> and you saw them named all off, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know yeah. we don't have professions like that in this game, but do you do you think that having that type of variety, you know, because a lot of times people kind of, you know, they, they were so used to what games normally offer people, you know, those traditional things that folks can do, you know? Um, but Star Wars Galaxies opened it up even further, right? Um, and yeah. so do you think that um that there'll be room for the galaxy to grow beyond you know the the bounty hunter the you know the combat fighter the trader do you think that that will expand further maybe in the future too absolutely i mean it's already envisioned you know we we've talked about like having the um reliant mecca and mm. you know that whole news reporter mm. profession mm -hmm. um so, you know, we've heard about farming that was on a 3.0 roadmap way back in 2016, mm -hmm. right? So, like, we know that this this is not, a lot of times people look at this game and they just see guns, okay, it's a combat game. Mm -hmm. They see ships, oh, it's a space flight sim ship combat game. But no, this is a virtual universe mm -hmm. in which all the possibilities I think will be something that people will be able to explore. And I, I don't know if Chris Roberts had ever played this game. I had never heard of it until Star Citizen, mm -hmm. but this game looks amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the things that you could do in this game, I think is the grand vision mm -hmm. 
uh, of uh, Star Citizen in many ways. It's having that open universe where you can be whoever you want. You Your career can be wh whatever you want. You can change your career. You can do other things. And, you know, it, it just, it seems to me like that whole idea of having an open, broad universe where there's player agency in order to do whatever they want is probably, you know, Chris's long-term vision. So, yeah. Mm. DK, when this game came out, it launched, it had 500,000 people right off yeah. the bat, right? When, See, it, when mm -hmm. it launched off, right? And mm -hmm. the thing that made this game so approachable, and Jay kind of touched on it a little bit, what made this game approachable, I think many people who play Star Wars Galaxies will, will say this, was because we knew the world. We knew yep. the lore. Mm -hmm. We had seen the movies. We The characters that were there, they were familiar to us, right? So when we mm -hmm. stepped in and you heard John Williams's music, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It resonated. Mm -hmm. When you went to a certain location and happened to see Han Solo and Chewbacca there, it resonated with you. Mm -hmm. How important is it, you think, for players to, for the immersion's sake, you know, going into this thing, you know, knowing the lore, right? Because, you know, mm -hmm. I... I, I I mean, we, we've, we've had the lore makers and the, but do you think it's, do you think that we need to hear more about that so that when people step into the world, it allows them to immerse even more? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. what, what, mm -hmm. do you, what do you think? Or do you well, think CIG's done a good job? Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely part of it. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. I, I didn't play, mm -hmm. but when I found out about it, it was too late. And I'm like, damn, that was the game I was looking for, mm -hmm. you know? And I had already started Second Life and looked at Entropia and, looked at eve and it was on and off with all of those games you know except for entropia never got into it mm -hmm. if i had found out about star wars galaxy before it ended and i came in it was too late i would have jumped in on it because this is exactly the game i was looking for at that time mm. was to find a way to live now yes the lore had a big part of it because we already knew the lore mm -hmm. we had watched all the movies we have read books you had you know mm -hmm. there is comic books everything there is you know there is um easily graphic art you know that was out there regarding mm -hmm. star wars so we knew what it was we knew the lore behind it and when i found out that this game existed i was like that's the game i really wanted to play at that time was living in a star wars universe in star wars not being chewbacca not being han solo but just being jock <laughs> and jock is just some dude that runs around and he does this and he my whole idea of wanting to say be a transport pilot was when when i heard about this game i'm like can i like get a big old starship and just take people places mm. <laughs> you know? I, that was something when i heard about this game and i thought of and, and it was already too late and i and i ended up going into star trek online which was mm -hmm. a little much later but Star, you know star wars galaxies has already ended mm -hmm. but i you know there is something about understanding what the lore is and if star citizen can you know if we can dive deeper into our own lore mm -hmm um maybe that makes our role play a little bit different or our involvement in the galaxy much different because we're living in this particular galaxy um and doing things here tpr is a really good example of mm -hmm. having a something built in the sim you know within star citizen mm -hmm. for star citizen and re and is part of the lore of star citizen tries to incorporate the lore so that all of it kind of works together and it goes deeper but this was a start looks like star wars galaxies was a really good start yeah. if you notice hey. i put the title on this i'm sorry jade go ahead what were you gonna say 
I was going to say thank you, DK, for your uh, plug of the People's Radio. Your Ethereum is on its way to your wallet. <laughs> yep. By the way, I'm sharing. Well, I know. No, I'm glad you did because I don't have to do it now. So thank you. Yeah, I was going to mention about what TPR was. Um, you know, I was I was going to say. Um, Oh God, I, I lost my thought that quickly. Uh, you were saying about <laughs> that we need the lore. Okay, well, I was gonna say CIG has done a decent job, but I want them to do more of the externals yeah. of to help us get into the lore. Xenothreat, mm -hmm. for example, great opportunity, right? To start building things about lore. The elections that we did, yeah. right? Yes. Even even yes. in this even mm -hmm. in this testing period, these are the things that will start to help us so that when the game we do go into the world. We understand that there are, you know, politicians and government and to talk about the Van Duel more, you know, all these different things that they can do to help bring us in more. So it's just not, you know, this idea of just going into a space game and there's stuff, you know what I mean? It's just a space game, but that there's something to it before I enter in. I already know these things exist when I step into that world. So I'm, I'm hoping that they, they do continue to put out more things. Let's go ahead and jump into this next thing about Star Citizen. I want to thank Jade. Because there was a video I was looking for, I could not find it, and I, and and this morning I woke up and she sent me this video and said, "Hey Griff, you may want to take a look at this." And I'm like, "Oh my God, this is the video I was looking for." <laughs> so you might be wondering why we're talking about this whole thing with Second Life, everybody. Well, it's because CIG talked about Second Life, and that's the reason why we're talking about Second Life. So this was from an interview that was done with Chris Roberts, Aaron Roberts, and Tony Zurovic, with the folks from My Radar. Those of you all are familiar with the My Radar app for weather that also put the little stuff in there with Yella and the moons and everything into their app. They did an interview back in, it was 2018, right, Jay? 2018. Yes, And we want you guys to take a look at this video. And then you can kind of get this whole thing of even how Chris Roberts references Second Life. So what will the Star Citizen experience be like? I mean, we're building a huge sandbox. Which will have a, which will have basically rules like we have in society, and there'll be you, you know, there'll be there'll be there'll be you know, there, you know there'll be law enforcement, there'll be other things, and it's up to the player to really decide what they want to do and where they want to go and who they want to interact with. In some ways, this is like Second Life, which has been going for quite a long time. That is basically what Star Citizen is. It will be you know, another life you live in this in this in this future universe, and you can do whatever you want. And if you just want to hang out with your friends, and chat in a bar you can do that you know if you want to go and fight pirates you can do that it's up to you players will figure out the holes in the system players will take advantage of it we will adjust accordingly to bring it back in line players will look for new exploits etc etc and to me that's that's actually just part of the fun it's it's kind of the same thing in the real world it's like that's a trick that would work in the real world so you really should be rewarded be able to get rich they'll be able to be pirates they'll be able to be uh, mercenaries they'll be able to like go law enforcement they'll be able to go mining they'll be able to do farming they'll be able to do you can literally land on a planet and you can uh, stake your own claim and basically buy a plot of land and you can build your own homestead on there and if from there you can basically mine your land or you can just do um, a lot of other things and so forth you should be able to land on this planet you go and find a, a brand new planet land explore um, you know, find resources, fight off hostile wildlife, uh, maybe make your own little settlement and do all this at a level of detail that in first person, uh, in incredibly high fidelity. If you have a webcam and you're playing the game, uh, it recognizes your face and it can notice all your expressions and your face movements and it can translate them in real time to your character in the game. If I'm naughty and I start, you know, picking off, you know, other players and stuff, 
then I, to me, it's actually fun when the system is smart enough to detect that, and all of a sudden I've got a bounty on my head. And now, not only are MPC security guards being attracted to me, but other players now have a mechanism by which they can actually figure out where the guys with the bounties are, and so all of a sudden, you've got everyone on your tail because you've been doing something you're not supposed to do. It's a highly immersive world. Okay, okay, okay. So that was the interview with my radar. Um, DK, I'll go to you first on this one. Uh, had you heard them talk about Second Life before in relation to Star Citizen, or that at least yeah, do you know a lot of things they so. talk about? Yeah. In fact, I think it, it, I don't know if it was this video or something else. I heard it. I don't know if who it was. I, I've I don't know if I've seen this video before, but I, I may have. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's where I heard about, you know, the, the Star Citizen is the next second life in space, you know, mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's where that whole started for me. Um, I think a lot of what Chris was talking about in that video, I don't know how early that was and, and if anything he was talking about was actually there at the time, like mm -hmm. Foyt. I don't know if that was actually there. I don't know if, you know, the bounty missions were, you know, were actually in there yet. Um it's, it's kind of cool to see that if that was the case, then that they're there now. It's like, hey, look, there's progress. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I maybe this was where I, I heard okay. the Second Life in Space reference okay. um, to Star Citizen, and it made sense okay. at the time because that's what I was thinking. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Joe Run, how about you? This interview. Yeah, I uh, I love these. There was actually a, a two or three interviews that he did at the time, and mm -hmm. I I keyed on that right away when he said that, uh, I was talking about Second Life. There was another time as well. I think before that even, and Chris has mentioned that a couple of times mm -hmm. that he always envisioned this as being a Second Life in space. Okay, Rain. He named off some of the things that we saw in Star Wars Galaxies, right? Mm -hmm. Base building, things like that. Um, is that is that give you some promise of <laughs> possibilities? <laughs> I, you know, I uh, all hail St. Roberts. Mm -hmm. um, is all I have to say about this. It's the reason I've been with this project for nine years. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it it makes me hopeful because I think there have been very few games that have impacted me emotionally sitting at my computer. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time that I walked to the beach <laughs> on Hurston and watched the sunrise. Mm -hmm. And that and, you know, seeing the sunrise on Crusader and Horizon mm -hmm. just in the last patch. Yeah. Or back in 3.0, the very first time I set foot on Daymar mm -hmm. and being the Dune fangirl that I am, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um this 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 is this is it this is the game mm -hmm. and uh yeah this makes me very hopeful for for what the future holds and i've been telling people you know buckle up for next year because it's going to be a wild ride mm -hmm. yeah definitely jade you already knew about the video so any thoughts you had on it uh, yes. Um, yeah, I knew about this video, and like Joe Run said, I, I, I'm almost certain that I've heard him or Aaron Roberts, one of the pillars, talk about Second Life um, before this video came out in 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing that you know he 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 said what a lot of us were were thinking, 
And I, I said this in chat, I would love to see a Venn diagram of the overlap between people who were in the Second Life or another virtual world and, and now are in Star Citizen, because I, I think there'd be a lot. And I mean, I wouldn't even know Star Citizen existed if it hadn't been for this woman I met in Second Life who, you know, found out I was playing uh, No Man's Sky when it came out in 2016. And she's like, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called Star Citizen? And gave me uh, a link to the um, Homestead video, which you were just showing there, the mm -hmm. Homestead demo from, uh, I think, Gamescom 2016. And I, I was sold from that point on. I was like, this game is beautiful. I want to live in that universe. Not I want to play this game. Mm -hmm. I want to live yep. in that universe. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. Rain, very cool. speaking of uh, watching sunrises, how many of us have just sat there at Orison and waited for mm -hmm. an hour to wait to see the sunrise? <laughs> oh, fun quick story about that, too, about how this can emotionally impact people. I was in a hardened pirate orc when I first got exposed to this game, and I heard these hardened pirates that, you know, couldn't care less about environmental art. We were all on yellow for the first time watching the sun come up with those rings. And, and, the, and the leader was like, this isn't even a game. This is an entire universe. <laughs> and uh, that, that right there, just, it just showed across, you know, all walks of life, the way this game can touch people emotionally. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's an adventure. Um, it's a lifestyle. Let's, let's, it's a lifestyle. I like that, Joe Run. Yep. Yep. Let, let me jump into this a little bit here about Star Citizen Life. Some of the things that we saw were, you know, possibilities are with vendors. We know that, for example, people who are going to have ships like the Privateer or the Banu Merchantman, right? You'll be able to operate shops and stores out of those. Um, we know that there's going to be uh, some orgs already have set up things like ambassadors, right? To be able to do negotiations between organizations. Um we don't know if there's going to be anything on a political side, like whether or not you'll be like in Star Wars Galaxy, you talked about you could be like the, the mayor of the whatever of a moon, you know, boy, wouldn't that be cool if they could introduce or people could vote for you and stuff like that. Um, and then on the social dynamic, uh, they, they talked about um, that this was stuff that you could do in, in, um, in Second Life. They talked about taking classes. Uh, people got hitched, right? People got together as couples. Mm -hmm. uh, there were artistic performances, things of that nature. And in Star Citizen, we've seen where they remember when the 890 came out, they did the whole thing with the operatic singing. I think Joe Run, you even talked about the fact of getting together yep. socially like that. I know Fast Cart's been playing Final Fantasy 14. He was talking about how they have these areas where the bands get together and play, right? Uh, it would be so cool to see stuff like that come in. Um, let me ask you all each. Uh, what do you, if if somebody wants to role play, where do you think the good place is for people to meet up to role play? What are the hot spots? I've got some things listed there on the on the thing, but what do you think are good hot spots in the game for role play? Whether it's on a ship or a location, so far, anybody got any ideas? Wally, what, what kind of role play? What, whatever you want to do, whether it's your or your you friends like, socially like, hanging like, out. Like, Role playing is an infinite variety of things to di yeah. to different people. Well, let me let me let me narrow it down. Let me narrow it down. What are hot spots for people who want to become immersive in the game? Mm. Everything? Yeah. <laughs> Come hang out at G Lo. Okay, with but if there was some I'm saying, drunk. right, but if you what's the first place you think of, Jerron? If you tell your friends to meet up with you, what's the first place you're gonna say that's the place where we're gonna go hang out? Probably Wally's bar. Wally's? Okay, that's what Jay it's said too. Spectacular. Yeah. yeah, Wally's. Rain, how about you? Um <clears throat> well I mean I hang out with orgs, so I don't, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't go to, like, I would definitely suggest 
going to the nightclub um mm. new babbage mm. would be the place that i would go okay okay dk uh let's see i would say my favorite everybody loves microtech my favorite place is gloc bar over there on area 18. Mm. you could just hang out there old school you know it's old school it's mm-hmm. old school and then everybody could just hop on a train hop on somebody's ship and just head on out and go chill out and walla and just watch play in the ice and watch the sun you know i don't know it's just so much i i love that place i just love that place okay. i love i love g-lock too but mm-hmm. for a different i mean you know obviously it's got the old school charm but mm-hmm. one of the interesting things about g-lock was um a while ago i guess back when they first introduced voip um a, a Orgmate had a, his guitar and he started playing Spectrum mm. by, um, oh, I forget who it's by, but he started playing that on the stage there and people could hear him mm. from the, waiting for the uh, tram. Oh, and wow. so, like, yeah. that's, yeah, it's an advantage of um, if you're going to do something like that there, mm. you know, then it's, it's cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Free it's like the place you go to after work. You know, you come home, you drop your ship off at the, you know, you've just been out running cargo, you come back and you're ready to go sit in your hab, but hey, let me go run over there to G-Lock and grab myself a drink uh, before I go upstairs. It's actually a really you know, fun so thing right. to do is, is to go bar hopping. Mystic brought yeah. Oh, that up. Yeah. yeah. Very, very often, like on for, for New Year's, we started at G-Lock mm-hmm. and then we went to Wally's Bar. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and uh, and also I jade it with the... Um, uh, the, the gals of um, uh, the Ladies Night Out, yes. the, the ladies of Star Citizen Discord, they've had many bar hopping where they'll go from bar to bar to bar, and we've done that with the, with the Yacht Club too. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the bar at Levski used to be really cool. The bar mm-hmm. at Grimax, yeah. yeah, really cool. you know, it's kind of yeah. Those are those are kinda, all great. I know- we did we did a virtual pub crawl for Yuri's night uh, back in twenty nine fifty nine. Oh, sorry, night twenty nineteen. Right back in nineteen, we did a, a, a Yuri's night, which is April twelfth. It's mm-hmm. an actual, you know real date of the first human going into space mm-hmm. there are parties around the world real world parties and um there's also parties in virtual worlds like second life and trophy universe and so i decided hey nobody's doing this in star citizen mm-hmm. i ought to do a uh, you know virtual yuri's night and we got a couple constellation phoenixes because 890 wasn't out yet mm-hmm. and we did a whole pub crawl through the stanton system and then to levski nice nice I'm sorry, I don't know who it was who just said it a second ago, but somebody made a comment about um, uh, MNV, you know, having terrible service. I think MNV should be the place where fights break out all the time. I don't know, there's something about MNV. <laughs> that one or the one, one at Grim Hex. Yeah, something like that that needs to be a fight all the time. Um, and even Hurston has a, has a bar down there that's kind of yep. yeah. shady. Yeah, MNV. Yeah, kinda shady, yeah. Yeah, you've got these, 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 these great places where we can see that dynamic. Somebody, oh, I know what it was. Someone in chat said, and please forgive me because I'm trying to scroll back and find your thing, but they mentioned the racing track at Grim Hex, which yeah. is beautiful, but there's nothing there to draw people there yet. But I actually love going there because the view outside is really cool. And I think once that becomes active, that's going to be a really cool yeah, location. We, 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 we actually parked an 890 outside the window. Oh, really? So we so we're inside the bar and mm-hmm. there was 890 outside of the window and then oh, people were that's flying cool. around. That's very, yeah, very cool. cool. Very, very cool. Racing series in the uh, Expanse or Jade, what was that? It wasn't Buckyball. It was, uh, what was it? Um, 
you know the racing series they fling themselves around the uh yeah yeah the, uh, I, I forget what they called it but it was like, it was like sling, it. gravitational slingshot yeah. racing a whole but... bunch of people like grim hex just watching yeah. that, just like throwing beers at each other no 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 it's me <laughs> exactly <laughs> can't touch the razorback <laughs> it's called slingshotting planetary racing okay gang i'm gonna skip over the part about the where people can play role play uh, but I do want to talk about living the dangerous life. Mm-hmm. Um, some different topics have come up about sec- not only a second life, but star citizen. And my question becomes, what are the hurdles? Uh, are they, you know, it's funny because the guy who was talking from Linden talked about the fact that there has to be a dangerous side in order to keep some balance in the game, which I, I can agree with and I can understand that you got to have positive and negative. But there's also the sides that start to step into the darker side of gaming. And when we start talking about a game, even like Star Citizen, even with the guardrails that may be in place, what are some things that we have to, or or CIG has to be concerned about? I, I, first one I have on the list, as you guys see, is gambling. And gambling has come up several times um, because of the issues with when it comes to access for people who are minors, um, the fact that in many countries, gambling can be an illegal issue. Um, what are some things that CIG has to worry about? I mean... Do they, I mean, I know there's a certain liability that goes beyond, you know, the, the company has nothing to do with it, but do you see anything in the future of the game? Because I know when we go in those bars, they've got those like poker machines and stuff in there, but I'm wondering whether or not things like once the racetrack opens up at Grimhex, will people be actually there's, gambling for real? There's got to be gambling. Yeah, it's, it's already gambling. The lawyer and everything. No, but yeah. I, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like. Like <laughs> oh, people, people, people will um, gamble real real money. I I, yeah, I hear yeah. because ra- racing. They've talked about racing as being a a major major part of of the universe, and and there's going to be racing teams. You know, mm-hmm. kind of kind of like in um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dam- Rally and and mm-hmm. all and all their events. I mean, uh, racing is already a huge thing. Yeah, but in in the future, I mean, we, we've got those racing modules that'll be in in real star systems where mm-hmm. race teams will be traveling around and and have major events, and there's going to be real money changing hands outside of Star Citizen on yeah. this a hundred percent. I was going to say that it's the the difference in gambling in general, but CIG supported gambling is that the game does not allow you to transact money from UEC to real dollars. Mm-hmm. And so that would cut off the, oh, we're gambling in-game laws against in, in, in different countries and mm-hmm. different places because no actual money is being transacted. Outside of the game, third party, that's a completely different system. Mm-hmm. That's when people are just throwing money around on eBay or PayPal or whatever, mm-hmm. but that is not supported by CIG and there's really no monetary transaction. So UEC has no monetary value. Aside Actually, it does though. Per- well, you okay, can purchase they, it. They sell it. Yeah. So yeah, that, you could, that's right. what gives it monetary value. You can't withdraw. That's a problem. Right. <laughs> that's a problem. Now, if, now when you, you can, can withdraw, <laughs> right, if you withdraw, that brings in massive monetary penalties uh, mm. in different countries because then you got to relate to different countries. I'm not exactly sure how Linden Labs did it. Um, but I think maybe it is because it is not Linden Labs that is so much doing all of the work. They're just giving the tools and people else mm-hmm. can do whatever they're right. doing they're not with regulating, it. Right. CIG is regulating the economy. Now, Linden, Linden Labs, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Ryan, doesn't Linden Labs set the exchange rate? 
for eleven dollars. Yes. Do they? Yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. they, they do. Dollars they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's around two hundred and fifty linens to uh, to a real a real oh, right wow. Yes, and as and, as somebody who's made a lot of real world money from Second Life, mm -hmm. I can tell you right now that's one of the reasons Second Life still exists in right. twenty twenty one. Right. Yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of people. And now, if real livings at it. Yeah. Right. If yeah. CIG ever got to that point, it would be a different game. So we'll and we'll see. Maybe they will get to that point. Mm -hmm. Every game is going to get to that point. Will. You know, Blake but... Shadow has as an interesting uh, comment. They'll have to figure out how Rockstar Games Take Two separate real money from in-game gambling aspect. I know that GTA mm -hmm. dollars that are bought with real money cannot be used to gamble in GTA Online. So what if they just ban the IPs in those countries where it's illegal? From you know participating in that aspect of the game, where they they kept that locked, where you're you're not that able to might do it. cause other problems though, because then some people would not be able to fully participate in, in the economy. Yet the economy is be they are affected by an economy well, they have no participation. Uh, then they need to get active in real life politics and yes. petition to get their Sorry. laws and their country changed. That's, a, that's I agree. Huge, I agree with Jane. That's a I huge. That's a huge change, gang. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's enough gamers. 15 years. I get the idea, but I don't know if there's enough gamers to swing the, the pendulum that way. But who knows, right? Because the future of things are changing. That That is definitely for sure. Can I, can I say something on that sure, real quick? Sure. So, again, from a development perspective, mm -hmm. right, when we've had to make changes in some of the games I've worked on, we've looked at a lot of our telemetry data and, and had to make decisions. Okay, this is going to affect... 2.6% of our player base and that 2.6 is a certain number of people that are going to be very ha uh, very unhappy mm -hmm. very upset and the answer has always been oh well mm -hmm. sorry but the 97% of the community this is going to help mm -hmm. and if we have that situation where gambling becomes a thing that is 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 officially supported by CIG and it's not welcome in other areas in other countries and you're upset that you can't partake in that, I mean, I'm sorry about your luck. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just, why is, if if it's like 5 to 10% of the player base that can't do gambling in-game because of the country they're in, why are we going to punish the other 90% of the player base and not let them do it either? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it just, it's just one of those things where, I guess, unfortunately, it's the tyranny of the majority here. Mm -hmm. We have to make design decisions based on what's best for the entirety of the community, as much of the community and player base mm -hmm. as possible. EVE Online, for example, has had major graphical updates where they're like, we're not supporting DirectX 10 anymore. And they will say, this affects 1.6% of our player base. They won't be able to play the game anymore. Mm -hmm. We're sorry, but 98% of the player base, this is going to be more performance. It's mm -hmm. going to be better looking. Mm -hmm. Guess right. what? I sorry about your luck. Right. Yeah. I think I think that the issue, and I'm not, and I'm we're not going to build this whole thing around gambling. I'm curious about not gambling, but the darker side of gambling, because there is a darker side of gambling. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's the thing that I worry about. Well, addiction is part of it, but it's also who's really behind money, it. Money a whole laundering. lot of other things, money laundering, right? right? And yeah. those are the. I'm not worried about the person who's really out there doing it to have fun and enjoying themselves and blah blah blah. But I am looking at like let's go to the next subject, UEC laundering. Let's just talk about the phone, the funny money, right? Um, how do? Thank you, Nuber Fire. Thank you so much thank for you. that uh, for that host. We appreciate that. Um, what do you guys think about this? You know, like okay, like I have two characters, right? And well, I actually have three characters actually, but my main character does all the work and funds my lazy luxury character, right? <laughs> they don't do any work. I send all the money over there. That's that's no big deal. But 
does CIG have to worry about this UEC thing? Is there some concerns about that? How people will launch? Because we were mentioning it earlier, DK. People were selling and UEC on as, eBay. As long as you can't pull it out into real cash, real cash? which is I, what yeah. we talked about, mm -hmm. then they don't really have any issues with with, with money laundering. Mm -hmm. um, they really don't have any issues with gambling because mm -hmm. it's all virtual currency when the that game. can't be converted out to real life currency, yeah. except outside of the uh, outside of the the uh, the, the game environment. Labs deal with um, anti-money laundering laws I because they're based in the U.S., which has some of the strongest mm -hmm. um, yeah. anti-money laundering laws. In yeah, the but they're very anti-gambling. I mean, everything to do with gambling, they've they've True. they've rolled out um, that they even rolled out the um, uh, the the, the gotchas. Uh, I was going to say over the gotchas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're 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 very anti-gambling, and that's because the U.S. is very very gambling regulatory. So mm -hmm. they, they just rule it all out. Mm, okay. Okay. To your point, Rain, I yeah. wanted to throw oh. in there. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was oh. going to say that that thing about um, having another character, Griff, that mm -hmm. would get you banned in Entropia Universe. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 So I know. That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. DK, what were you going to say? Oh, no. You said something, um, rain, something you said you I said was going to throw in uh, something that Rain had mentioned um, regarding like different. Uh, countries and currencies and things like that but the I, I think over time it's going to have to be addressed one way or another because mm -hmm. we're moving into uh you know a world of online currency cryptocurrency things mm -hmm. like that this is all going to get wrapped in sooner or later like jade had mentioned sooner or later it's all going to happen whether it starts with star citizen or 10 years down the road it starts with another game uh where yeah. we get into a more of a virtual online world where real money transactions actually mean something you know second life in all actuality returns where you're buying land and selling land for real dollars um whether that's in star citizen later down the road who knows but it might be another game that does that you know and takes what star citizen is building and moves it into a whole new realm you know it's, um... i would hope that star citizen is nimble enough it has enough foresight that if they if they see that's where things are going that they aren't set in stone and they they can adjust and i, I think you know they've mm -hmm. got a lot of very smart people including mm -hmm. some, some people who are into nfts and crypto that mm -hmm. actually are developers there so that they're aware of that space mm -hmm. but I, I think there's so many other things they need to worry about way before they even consider that, that yeah yeah, yeah. That's well, good and, mm -hmm. good point. and just to let you know mm -hmm. um linden labs actually has what's known as a uh, sgp a scale gaming policy mm -hmm. and they have a program in which it's you know it says for example gambling is strictly prohibited in second life and operating or participating in a game of chance that provides a linden dollar payout is a violation of a terms of service however games of skill are legally permitted in many jurisdictions and second life skill gaming policy establishes that skill games offering linden dollar payouts will be allowed but each game its creator operator and the region on which it is operated must be approved by linden labs mm, so skill gaming is a thing there are actually places that you can go to for skill gaming mm -hmm. this is a thing and it in and, and you actually there the list of uh, uh uh, skill gaming approved participants the operator name the support email all of their approved games as of march 24 2020 mm -hmm. so it's old it's a year it's a year back mm -hmm. is actually on the official second life wiki so you can see all of this and you actually get to request your tax documentation acquired yep. account documentation mm -hmm. all kinds of things so yeah. what i'm saying is cig can take action to do things with specific policies in place mm -hmm. that support the majority of the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, good mm -hmm. point.
All right, let me hit the last last area. This is one that's um, a little bit different because in, in, yeah, <laughs> in in Second Life, because players are able to create the animations and movements and things like that, they can create whatever they want. And Star Citizen, we don't have control over emotes at this level, but adult themes. Um, you you also can't take off your underwear in Star Citizen. I was just about yeah, to say that. You can't, you can't, you can't take off your that's underwear. A, you can't grow, you problem. can't grow or reduce your parts. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can't do, right? <laughs> um, but but players find ways to work around things in different ways, and you know, is that something that adult themes can be a lot of things? Doesn't that just mean sexual? It could be conversation. It could be a whole lot of things. Um, and, and, and it has come up on the forums about language, about adult language in the, in the game even. So uh -huh. any thoughts on that? Is that something that, you know, people I, have to worry about should, or no big deal? I don't think they should regulate that, that at all. I, I think yeah. I, I, it, everybody should be able to engage with other people as they, as they, as they choose to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, World of Warcraft, you can't take off your, your clothes, really. I mean, you're still stuck in your, in your... In your mm -hmm. un under under things or what what have you, and uh, it's my understanding that there there was an entire realm that was devoted to uh, sexy role play, mm -hmm. and uh, you know people meet people and they spend time together and they develop relationships and they may want to um, uh, be a little flirty mm -hmm. and and beyond and I, I I think that we really should be able to have that if, if we're going to have fully immersive lives <laughs> with our friends um, just just like um, with with Cobra mm -hmm. and uh, and Vega and they have an online relationship that mirrors their real life relationship relationship mm -hmm. and people want to I to you spend so much time with with people doing things. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of romantic things that you can do in, in beautiful places and, and like flying around the, uh, the nightscape of, of Microtech or, or, or Eisen. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're extremely romantic and watching the sun, the, the sun setting and, and mm -hmm. some of those um, uh, platforms where they've just got these beautiful fountains and seating and flowers and you can sit with your, you with uh, your, your significant other and, and uh, just have a very romantic uh, time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we have, Beds. Uh, we we have some large beds in some of the ships where like you should be able to spend time together with another person. All right, Joe Ron, I think you're you're getting a little close. Well, there. wait, 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 window <laughs> and a bar there you go um let me ask you somebody wrote down you know pg star citizen somebody put down r um we've been saying jade knows we're on this thing about clothing all the time right i mean should they spice it up a little bit with clothing is it what do you think i mean I you mean, know is everybody wearing armor in some you know formal outfit or is it cool to spice it up with some swimwear or this or that what do you guys think we have a swimming pool, for God's sake. Yeah, True. Exactly. exactly. Why not? And, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking for a female character to be able to wear all the same stuff the male character. We, we barely have that, right? Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, that's for now. That's one of those things. Where, that's where the game is now. But mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. We should 
have so look all, one of the things that all these have in common second life entropia universe black desert online is amazing fashions mm -hmm. and i i think that if they were to somewhere down the road when we have crafting mm -hmm. like in star wars galaxy allow people to create designs right mm -hmm. and they can be they don't have to be like you know second life level mm -hmm. of having full control they can be approved cig mm -hmm. recipes you know um or you know patterns right. for different outfits right mm -hmm. and let people create those that would be and, cool and, and that would just give people a lot more of a feeling that yes they're in this universe they bought that unique outfit mm -hmm. from that person and nobody else in the universe has that that outfit because yeah. that tailor mm -hmm. made it for them that user that player was the tailor made it for them yes fashion citizen mm -hmm. absolutely that, because that, that is the end game of almost every one of these mmos right right well, I was gonna say, you to can your make point, a store on fast cart Spanu merchantmen. They, right. Sure. Exactly. Know, to your point, Jade, Lamb I fantasy think, is all I gotta say. Private, privateers. I was gonna mm -hmm. say to your point, Jade. It's it's also the bigger span of that is that it's your contribution to the universe, right? Yeah. Yes. So it actually becomes the thing that now the interaction or the immersion is in a different way. Instead of us taking from the verse, is also what are we placing in the verse that other players can benefit from and enjoy just as much. I loved Nuberfire. Did you see Nuberfire's comment to you, Joe Run? I don't know if you saw it or not. You're muted, buddy. Did you... I did, priceless. Yes. Yes. Um, Nuberfire said, digital sex with Joe Run, war bond with LTI. He's ready to go for it. All right. I love it. I love priceless. it. I love it. We, we can barely it. get really good dancing animations oh right God. now. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they really need to work on that. They really need to work on that. Can you imagine if they mocap devs to do the dances? Um, what would they look like? No, I don't even God, want to I don't even want to know. Not really. <laughs> okay. Let me ask one more tough question. This is the, the, and I was talking about the darker side. That's kind of why we went. We talked about the positives and the cool, but I do want to ask the it's folks. It's not dark. No, no. This, dark this, about this next question. Up, well, this next question is going to be dark because it is a dark subject. We also know that there are in, in people who play games like Second Life where there is a negative side to it. Someone mentioned earlier about addiction, right? Um, and I'm not talking about somebody who just because they're free that weekend, they stayed on the game for 18 hours. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are literally addicted. Uh, that documentary I told you all about uh, in Life 2.0, there's a segment in there where there's um, a person who runs a store and somebody basically got to their products and was selling them under, this person was living, making their living off of it. They had to go to court, lawsuits and everything else because somebody had went in and did some dark stuff. It's taken their brand and they, they had to redo their whole thing uh, in the game. Um, there was a couple, two people who met and because they met in Second Life, next thing you know, they decided to have a rendezvous and meet in real person and they divorced their spouses. Um, there are people who get into these games who get emotionally wrecked. They lose one person, had lost their job. Um, it, I know several people that met and moved across the the world to actually get married. Well, that's I'm mm -hmm. not talking about people who met and moved. I'm talking about people who had two families and their families yeah, I, got yeah, ended. There's, there's a downside, but uh, but I, I know people in World of Warcraft who did that. Uh, again, I'm talking about the darker side of this, and I'm saying, and, are and there any, concerns? Any right. Well, yeah, any game, but but the games that, that are immersive like this are a different game. This this, this does not happen playing Call of Duty. 
I'm talking about people who are immersed and there's relationships, there's depth, there's all this other stuff. What are your, do you know anybody? That's my question. That was my question. Do you know anybody whose life got wrecked because they got too deep into the rabbit hole of something like Second Life? Yeah, I buried one of them. Really? Wow. Wow. So I, Joe Run, with all due respect, um, and this again coming from a, a developer standpoint and somebody who's been harassed, sexually harassed in Second Life, I know people probably say, well, that's impossible, that, that can't mm. be. Yes, it very much can be. The, it happens in every game is a non-starter comment. It is, it is a not, not a, that does not mean that just be, it, one of those, like, it's one of those, well, it happens everywhere, so it's fine here. No, it's not, it's not fine here. This is, there are legal things to be concerned about with the ages of people involved, the the access to your game, mm-hmm. if children are playing the game or not, um, and there are corporate liabilities. I've I've been in that situation, you know, when having to go to legal um, and talk to our lawyers about specific situations, you know, where harassment took place or um, things like that. So, you know, I I am not trying to like start drama on the show or anything, mm-hmm. but I really want people to understand that it you know these types of reductive dismissive comments are are not okay because there have been really bad situations in this industry there have been really bad situations in second life again i i buried a friend due to suicide mm-hmm. um because of sec of literally because of things that happened in second life mm-hmm. um so like i just you know i agree with you griff this is something that you know because we're getting so immersed in this game and there is a lot of real world here Mm-hmm. People have spent thousands of dollars on this game. Yeah. I I just want to make sure that CIG takes harassment and abuse and addiction and all of these things mm-hmm. very, very, very seriously. And as somebody who's also a parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's nothing saying my 10-year-old can't play right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, CIG needs to take all of this stuff seriously. And I think to dismiss that outright because it happens in other games is 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 not not an okay thing to 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 do let me jump in can can i because i'm um i was not i i I was not this i don't feel that i was dismissive or um uh in in any way of of harassment harassment is shouldn't be tolerated anywhere Mm -hmm. ever um and everyone who knows me knows that i'm extremely supportive of everyone in this community Mm-hmm. Very supportive of the of the ladies of Star Citizen community and and uh, and and everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I I what I was trying to take a position of it is that anything to do with a, adult relations, um, mm-hmm. I don't think that it should be categorized as negative. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was carving out that part there. Yeah. Um, it, and there can be I'm misunderstanding. You know, my yeah, apologies. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, my my apologies. Um, yeah. I. I there are always um, anybody can take things to extremes, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, harassment should never be tolerated at all, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Let me say this yep, too. Okay. To your point, and I think you did mention the fact that you were talking about positive things that came out of relationships and people meeting, and that's cool. I agree with you hundred percent. I don't mm-hmm. think we're 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 picking on adult people taking on adult responsibility. What I was, my next question though, had to do with something that Rain just said. 
most of us who have been playing this game for a while have been on the adult level right this grown folk grown folk because grown yeah. folks are backing right kids aren't backing but what i have noticed over the last year or two are backers who are saying i'm now introducing this to my kids that mm -hmm. my kids are now yeah. coming in to play the game and that's something that i'm hearing more of now because it's not about them you know the parents have already backed the game but they're introducing their children we've seen even chris bring his kids in chris has sat his kids in front of the computer and before yeah. several years ago that was an issue i'm in test i think i've been in test since 2014 i think i've only known twice that somebody who was like 17 years old was in you know what i mean everybody's grown so i'm curious mm -hmm. about the future when I talk about this dark, I'm saying, what are the things that we have to do to protect ourselves? Because we can still do those grown up things. I agree, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. There're gonna be people who will mm -hmm. meet, like in all games, like you said, they're gonna meet, flourish good relationships, maybe get married even, right? But I'm saying, how do we protect that? And also at the same time, we know that there are those folks out there, those lurkers who are out there for the bad thing. And I'm curious if Star Citizen got to worry about that. And, and to your point, Rain, I think you said, it is important yeah. that CIG keep an eye on that, to monitor it yeah. and keep it, and don't so. just dismiss it, you know, because yeah. it happens in every game, like Joe Run said, there's always those games where there's the creepers out there. And I'm yeah. just kind of curious to see as, as this game grows and it explodes, I am expecting that they're going to be younger kids that are going to find out about Star Citizen. I, yeah. which right now, there's not a lot of that, but I just, my feeling is because the way the world mm -hmm. is, because of Ready Player One, we're gonna start seeing maybe, there's no rule that says that somebody 15 years old can't be playing this game or 14 years old playing yeah. this game or 12 we, years we, old we playing have, this game. We, we've had some in the, in the Yacht Club. Mm, okay. we, we've got several folks where they, they had they, their their family and they get their kids involved. Mm -hmm. And anytime they, they come on, we have a group event. We always let, let people know, okay, well, I mean, uh, such and such, their, their, their kid is on. Mm -hmm. Try to watch your language a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and be a little bit more um, uh, PG instead of uh, mm -hmm. no, PG-13. PG <laughs> um, it, it's, it's something to be cognizant of. Mm -hmm. And uh, j just like in I, – I see a virtual world no different than the real world. Mm -hmm. uh, Intolerable behavior should be intolerable, mm -hmm. uh, and everyone should poli should police that. Mm -hmm. uh, what people do in the privacy of their eight ninety bedroom, <laughs> that's uh, okay. But it, it, it somebody should. And and people were talking earlier. It's like, well, if you let people get naked, then it's like they're gonna be running around naked in, in down down the halls of, of our corpus. Like, well, that's against the law in the real world. So if somebody's naked and running down the halls of a spaceport, they should go to Security jail. Shoot them. <laughs> Exactly. I would love like to see security you know. shoot him in their underwear. I would love to see it. I swear it would be hilarious. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see well, it. it. You know, uh, Frankie put it in, in a good way. She said, there's a hard, uh, they said, there's a hard line and it's hard to find to what you, you know, but once you know it, mm -hmm. you know what that line is. And then his divine shadow said, we got to be on guard for that, not just CIG, but the community as a whole. And it really mm -hmm. is kind of a community thing that we kind of have to, in a way, watch ourselves but also i don't want to say police report ourselves it. But, mm -hmm. but report it yeah, it's yeah. Kind of i i, I have reported there. a lot of harassment yeah. well mm -hmm. i can go back to that pride month thread mm -hmm. for, the, for the contest oh, and Lord, I, said, I, I said you know some of the just absolutely horrible behavior during that thread i said cig should not take the wrong message from this thread mm -hmm. and in terms of no we shouldn't do this again mm -hmm. they should take a different message that our community is as much in alpha as our game mm. 
Mm. And it, you know, there's there's got to be more work done, as, mm. as Rain said, to, to to be mindful of mm. of harassment, and not not just on that issue, but on mm. all you know yeah. issues of of harassment. It's it's a larger it's a larger industry wide issue, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. yeah, you should definitely be aware of it. And Joran, you made you know there was there was a, a point that you made about um, your org and actually you know in the yacht club going in and you know there might be somebody who brought their kid in to you know hang out with, and you know I, I was thinking to myself I'm like that's great because I would do that with my org and you know we would is somebody come in and like that but then we've got general chat. Mm. And, you know, and so it's just like, well, shut that off, but, you know, because you don't know what's coming. <laughs> but if if if, if I mean, there is a a terms of service, uh, and if people are harassing other people, mm-hmm. if there's hate speech in chat, you mm-hmm. can screenshot that and you can report them, and they have a zero tolerance policy about that. Mm. Yep. And yep. I I have I at least ten or twelve times mm-hmm. I've reported mm-hmm. people. I do, I do think the sorry. No, good, go good ring. I, I I do think the the whole like you know self policing thing, skunk works right. We have mm-hmm. in the academy uh, and in the main in all of the skunk works discords, mm-hmm. um, we have a rules channel that says this is what the rules is, mm-hmm. and like one of those rules is like no racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, or discrimination of any kind will be tolerated. This includes memes, jokes, or implications. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we have a zero policy on that. Like you know, it's a, it's a zero tolerance policy. And and as somebody who runs the academy with the commandant Mercutio, mm-hmm. when you're brought into the Skunk Works Academy at, for your interview, you are made to read the rules and and to read it to us. Mm-hmm. And we ask you, like you realize, you know, you agree to the rules, yes. And 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 then that's like you have to come into the the org through the academy now, and you have to agree to the rules. And if you don't, well. Sorry about your luck, but we're not the place for you. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe there is a little bit of like some quote self policing where mm-hmm. orgs that are specifically building themselves around the the level of professionalism and, and and compassion and community don't tolerate these things within their specific spaces. Mm-hmm. And if you find orgs that do, those orgs that are super super toxic, call them out. Mm-hmm. Call them out. They, Mm-hmm. Call them out, and they tend to destroy yeah. themselves. Yeah. They yeah. really do. Yeah, that's what My happens. org exile, we mm-hmm. we have explicitly a, a a policy like that, which is written right into. I wrote the lore mm-hmm. behind it, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's part of who we are, and we do this very similar thing. We interview the people, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you know they're going to be a good fit, and that they accept um, they accept this no tolerance policy on on yeah. things like that and I, I think i think the big orgs like test mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm not you know i need they, they they're big right so mm-hmm. you know everybody test squadron okay mm-hmm. but you know the big orgs should take a little bit of a um t- take a little bit from the smaller orgs that do do this and be more out front on these issues because you have a higher visibility and higher footprint in the mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. Not you, Griff, well, they but- said, no 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 i mean i can say you test shuts people out we don't deal with any of that crap because we have so many mods and if they catch somebody it's i they they address it internally i'm yeah. talking about internally now they do right. address yeah. crazy stuff like that i want to answer uh, his divine shadow because <laughs> i don't know if this is what you're referencing but he's, they said preacher arms need to get in the game now and i and the first thing i thought was you need jesus <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, on that note, we are going to wrap it up. We have had a great conversation tonight on Second Life and Star Citizen and the future of Star Citizen, the possibilities of Star Citizen. And we've had some great people join us tonight. Two of our guests, Joe Run and Rain Cloud. Thank both of you for being here. 
You yes. guys contributed so much me. to the conversation you. and your experience really obviously uh, is immeasurable because you guys have been in there for a while and still there, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I've been through rehab though. So my, my second <laughs> life days are kind of behind <laughs> me now. I just can't, you know, those games that are those time sinks. I've had, to, I had to step away from that mm -hmm. arc. Cause that's just, Oh, I just, I'm such a sucker. I'm too vulnerable to be in those games. I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think we all are. <laughs> oh no, I know I am definitely. I know I am. Okay. I only have time for star citizen and second life. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Two, star citizen, two second enough. life and final fantasy. Hey, still, okay. that's, still that's enough. space game, fantasy game, second life. I'm still you. there 14 years later. I hear you. Star citizen and second life. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. DK, why don't you tell them what's coming up this week? What we got happening? Yes, so we got on our Thursdays, you know what happens on Thursdays, we have our Soul Talk, and you can come and join us at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time. Mm -hmm. I don't have the UTC off the top of my head, so forgive me, um, but those nights we usually discuss ISC from that for that day, but then we also get into other topics. We watch some machinima, uh, we just kind of... You know, have some great conversations with all of you. So if you're a member of the community, you want to come hang out with us on a Thursday night, come join our Discord. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can just come and sit on in and discuss Star Citizen. And with our crazy folks over here at Soul Citizens, have some fun. We look forward to having you with us. So, yeah. Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Mm -hmm. What else we got going on, Jay? Well, next week right back here same time we will be talking about the endeavor is that right griff that's right yeah and so we'll be talking about all things science because it's the flagship science ship and a lot of people think it's an exploration ship but it's really a science ship that's that's it's it's role i think it's like heavy science it's, it's a lot of things because it's a yeah. hospital ship it's a science and research ship uh it it is a a the, with the uh the the particle accelerator it's a um uh tinkering uh modding ship like crafting even yeah listen y'all yep, don't listen the, to them this is the pharmaceutical distributorship okay that's what uh, yeah, this right. ship is going yeah, to be we gotta okay. get machine <laughs> in here Far, farming I and mean, it's it's the everything ship that's why it will be the last <laughs> ship ever fast, right? <laughs> yes it, it's it's for those who that, that, sorry for those who don't know it is a highly modular ship. Mm -hmm. um, you will see it on the Hollow Viewer at the IAE mm -hmm. uh, coming up at the end of this week. And it is an amazing ship that has a ton of gameplay um, potential and probably will be one of the last ships that they release uh, from the old days and concept ships because it needs a lot of different gameplay fleshed out for it. So, yeah. You, you see what Keita said, Jade? Gonna turn those domes into <laughs> casino areas. <laughs> hey, why not? Or you know what? Nightclubs. I love it. Yeah, different genres. Ooh, with that glass domes. Oh, that'd be with, amazing. With jungles and and laser lights. That and, would yes. be. That would be so awesome. Amazing. Give lasers and nice. fog machines. Not the lasers we yeah. kill each other with. The lasers yes. we dance with. Agreed. And yes. zombie pig. Uh, it's not breaking pad in space. No, 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 no. Go talk to love machine. It's botanicals. Botanicals. That's, that's, that's her term. Yeah, that's her term. Botanicals. That is her term. I just imagine. It's all natural. I just imagine. And like you know, coming up next to an endeavor, and you just hear. 
Like a Starship Enterprise. Hold on top of the man like Steve. I know. They mean like she could detach from it and oh everything. Oh, Lord. I said something yeah. off now. Okay, y'all. We getting ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Whammer already told us it's time for a raid. So we're going to raid. Uh, tonight, we are raiding Dark Hour 717. So... When you all get over to Dark Hour, uh, if you like what you see, send some love, follow, let them know you came from the Soul Citizens. Once again, to Joe Run, Rain Cloud, thank you guys for being here tonight as our guest. DK Jade, as always, appreciate you guys for being here, and hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, and as always, what's the word, uh, Whammer? Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah, 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 you can say it. Go ahead. Yeah. Peace, love, and soul. All right, we'll see you guys later. All right, have a good one. Bye, everybody.